Episode 100 of the Supernaturalist Podcast Show. This show exists to connect, equip, and promote emerging supernaturalists on a global level. And I trust that's why you're listening. That it's your desire to see God's kingdom come. His will be done, established through your creative daily contribution. It's such an honor to have you listening to the show today. If we haven't met yet, my name is Darren Stott, lead pastor at a crazy, cool, amazing, dope church called Seattle Revival Center, author of Pattern Interrupt. Again, this pattern interrupt. Get your copy, your ebook, your audio version, your however you roll. Go to Amazon.com, do a search for Pattern Interrupt and founder of Supernaturalist Ministries. All kinds of crazy supernatural things are taking place on the globe, and we are here to create and aggregate supernatural content and keep it coming out to you on a weekly basis. So make sure that you subscribe to this tribe on iTunes, on SoundCloud, on YouTube, whatever your thing is. It's the Supernatural Podcast. Now, I will, I will just say this, that um, that this particular thing had the slowest, smallest start in the history of ministries worldwide. <laughs> um, so don't despise small beginnings. Like I said, this is episode 100, but it hasn't been till just this last year that we've seen a fresh grace kind of fall into place within this particular audio uh, medium and even the video medium. It kind of goes back to the beginning of 2019 when I got prophetic words from Charlie Champ, Patricia King, and our good friend Keith Kippen regarding the grace, the favor, and the need for supernatural uh, media. And so I kind of uh, shifted up gears and uh, the church, Seattle Revival Center, really embraced these words and said, we like this is this is for us this is for for now and then since then partnering up with Charlie Champ to like I said create and aggregate supernatural content so that means that Charlie and I we'd be running together and uh, on this on this joint and so that means that next week Charlie sits down with Todd Bentley you're gonna hear an incredible very candid um, very uh, just an awesome conversation between Todd Bentley. And Charlie Champ. Uh, y'all, you're also going to hear conversations coming up with um, Liz Wright and with our good friend Jonathan Cotton. Also, uh, incredible podcast coming up with Jamie Galloway and John Thomas. So you're going to want to stay connected. We love to stay connected with you. So make sure that you again subscribe to this thing uh, on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, whatever your whatever your preferred method of media is. Last but not least, if you would leave us a review on iTunes, that'd be amazing. To do that, go to thedarrenshow.com. That'll redirect you to iTunes. It's a little shortcut, a little hack for you. So again, thedarrenshow.com. You can give it one star, which means that you think it's kind of lame. There's some opportunities for growth, yeah? Or you can give it five stars, and that means that you think this thing be dope, be be tight, be off the flipping chain. Like, like you're like, man, I, I can't find this kind of content anywhere else, okay? And then leave uh, some nice, kind words. As you know, reviews are a big deal when it comes to podcasts. So if you do that, that would be absolutely incredible look guys this is a two and a half hour conversation with the one and only bobby connor we dive into bob jones stories we dive into um, angelic encounter stories we dive into um uh, all kinds of crazy stories from bobby's past we dive into um uh, uh, personal encounters with the lord jesus christ um himself this is such i, I would consider this a very precious in fact um, not not that we're trying to boast in in our own kind of media platform, but but I actually think that when it comes to YouTube, that you're not gonna find a conversation with Bobby anywhere like this anywhere on YouTube. And I know it's a big a big statement, but I just think that there's something that comes. It's not just the stories, but there's just something so 
uh, personal and intimate that's captured in this conversation. This is like, this conversation is like a gift from God to me personally. Uh, and I, I hope and trust that this is like a special, precious gift from God to you today. Guys, thanks so much for being a part of the Supernaturalist podcast show, Supernaturalist Ministries, for being a part of my life and my family's life, Charlie's life. Guys, the best is yet to come. Without any more distraction, let's dive into this amazing conversation with Prophet Bobby Connor. Right here, right now, on the Supernaturalist podcast show. Let's go. Connecting, equipping, and promoting emerging supernaturalists. <laughs> Being created for such a time as this. All right, and here we go. <laughs> there is more. He said, what? Bobby, hello. How oh, awesome. Isn't it a good, good day? Good to see you. How you been? I'm doing really well. It's been a long time. It has been a long time. And we're together again. I'm glad. I'm Just happy. praising the Lord. Can you imagine God wants to spend eternity with us? I can get tired of people in two or three days. <laughs> it's like fish, right? Yeah, yeah. It's great at first, and after two or three days, it starts yeah. to stink. Can you imagine he wants to hang out with us for all eternity? That's that amazing. is mind-boggling, isn't it? It is amazing. Eternity. It's endless, isn't it? You know, people talk about, uh, you can't spend eternity. You know, it's just endless. So I'm thankful for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so you've had lots of encounters where you've, uh-huh. gone, where you've gone into heaven. and you've, I, Yes, I have. Yeah, so when you're there in heaven, like, is it like Narnia? Like, you know in Narnia yeah. when they go through the door and, like, and it feels like they're there for years and then they come back and they've just been gone you know, a period of time. Is it yeah. like that? I mean, like, does, does it's it feel like you've been it's there? It's timeless. Isn't that amazing? Because uh, you can't measure eternity because it's endless and Pretty amazing. There's a verse in the Bible that says in Jeremiah 23:18, it says, Who has stood in my courts to hear my counsel? And I read that verse one time and I said to the Lord, Lord, I want to say with all my heart, I have. And uh, sure enough, if you desire to uh, get in the Lord's presence, He'll get you there. And we've got to understand you don't have to die to get in the presence of God. Well, you have to die to yourself and sin and uh, all of that kind of sacrilege. But you really can get into the presence of God. Yeah, so do you think that, that, that God actually wants for all of us to be having more encounters or we're going to heaven? And- Absolutely, yeah. he does. Uh, nobody on earth would build a house without going and looking at it. You know? That's right. And yeah, so that's he right. said, I'm going to my father's house to prepare many mansions. And we need to see what's awaiting us. Hey, t- tell me that story. Uh, I think it was one of your grandkids had this had this experience when they were a little, uh, just a yep, few years yep. old, about the, the pink room. Okay, yeah. Uh, if you study the Bible, it says we're we're knitted together in the secret place, and it means the, the, the pink dwelling. And so I had my little grandson, my second little grandson, in the car seat beside me, and I had him all buckled in there. And uh, so I said to him, I said, Brandon, where were you at before you came to live in mommy's tummy? And he looked at me real funny. He says, you know, I was in that pink house. Isn't that amazing? The pink house. In the pink house. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, what was the scripture reference that, that, that you yeah, got for that? Over there, Psalms 139, where it says, we're knit together in the secret place, and it means a soft pink dwelling. Awesome. It, it, well, hello. Hello, ladies. Awesome. Hello. Oh, awesome, awesome, awesome. This is good. Muchas gracias. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep it coming. Yeah. Keep it coming. Yeah. Look at all this. All, all this. Yeah. I hope you're thirsty, Bobby. We'll have a moving yeah, experience. Yeah, come on. I'll just give that back to you. Look. Good. This is going to be good. Yeah. Let now, all right, you want me to shake it? You want me to open it for oh, you? Oh, no, I'm going to. I got muscles it. I haven't used I, yet. Oh, man. Yeah. All right. So 
now for people that are like Bobby, I, I, I've never had a, a heavenly encounter. I, I want that so bad. Do you I, I was here all. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, like, what would you encourage us to do? Like, like, it feels the, like we're earthbound. We're, yeah, you know. Yeah, seek the Lord while He may be found. Call upon the Lord while He's near. And we got to seek Him. These are days that He'll invite us up. Revelations four one says, and after this I heard a voice which said, Come up here. And I looked, and there was a door standing open in heaven. And I heard a voice which said, Come up here. And so God invites us to come. Zechariah three seven says, If we obey God, serve Him, do what He asks us to do, He will give us open access to His presence. Awesome. Paul was caught up. Anything you find in the Bible that happened to an individual, it could happen to you. And so Paul was caught up in the third heaven. So that should tell us something about heavens. There's three of them. Isn't that something? Yeah, yeah, so yeah We is. need to know more about heaven. We need to know about the third heaven. That's where God dwells. The second heaven is where the devil dwells. And the third heaven, the first heaven is just the atmosphere where the birds fly and the planes move. Yeah, I, I remember hearing a different like a Bob Jones story where, where he was like going up to the third heaven. But in order to go, get there, he had to go to the second heaven. He yeah. described all the stuff that he saw taking place in the people that he actually saw inhabiting the, sec, the, second, the, the second heaven. Yeah. You want to hear a story about that? Yeah, I do. Uh, y'all know Bob Jones, is, he's in heaven watching this yeah. uh, thing yeah. right now. Hey, uh, Bob. He, he's got a better seat than any of us. But <laughs> yeah. honest to God, uh, this is a way, this way back there. This is a, uh, about 90, I don't know, 98, something like this. Right. This happened. Um, we were off at a meeting, and Bob Jones uh, would usually, at breakfast, he'd come down and tell the visitation he had uh, that night. And so Paul Keith knew that, Paul Keith Davis, and Paul Keith wasn't a preacher then. He was just a, a businessman, mm-hmm. but he, was, uh, he would come to the meetings. And so he knew Bob would usually have a meet, uh, have an encounter during the night. So I'm up in the hotel room uh, in bed getting ready to get up for the uh, service, and Bob and uh, Paul Keith go to have breakfast early. And Paul Keith's a little bit nervous, you know, because he's, <laughs> and he said to Bob, <clears throat> Bob, did you have any visitation last night? Bob goes, yeah, yeah, I did. He said, I was going up into heaven like this, and an angel was coming down like that, and I stopped the angel, and I said to him, where are you going? He said, I'm going to see Bobby Connor. He said, why are you going to see Bobby Connor? He said, I'm going to give him this. Okay, now I'm up, I'm up there in the room asleep, right. so I wake up, take a shower, get ready, and come down to a breakfast with Paul Keith and Bob. And so I'm, I'm sitting there, and I noticed Paul Keith was really edgy, you know, and, and, and finally he said, uh, Bobby. Did anything happen last night? I go, yeah, I did. I said, uh, about 3 o'clock, I had to go to the men's room. And I get up and go to the men's room. And I'm standing there at the men's room about 3 o'clock in the morning. Shoom! An angel appeared and said, here, take this. See, Bob, Bob met him in the heavens coming down. Now, inquiring minds want to know, what did he hand you? Yeah. You want to know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He handed me the spear of Phineas. Oh, wow. The holy yeah. jealousy for God. Study about the spear finished. Remember when a plague was upon the people of God, already 28,000 had been killed. And they bring this uh, Israeli man with an a, a, a evil woman into the tent of meetings. And Phineas grabbed a spear and, jab, and jabbed it through both of them and broke the plague. And so I, I carry with me the holy jealousy for God. It's amazing. It's pretty wild. Yeah, and I've been in uh, services before where you've done an impartation yeah. for that, for that yeah. jealousy for the, for the yeah. word of God. That, that's such a, a powerful encounter. Yeah. Pretty wild, but see, Bob's going up, angel coming down. Wow. Have you read the Bible about angels? They're mentioned 273 times in the Bible. Most people would be dead or mangled if it hadn't been for an angel. They're ministering spirits sent down to aid us who are the heirs of salvation. I dare you look up this. Psalms 91, verse 11. Mm -hmm. He said, he will give his angels E-charge. Look it up in the Bible, E-charge. And I said, Lord, what is that? 
And he said it's like a, a general would bring his troops together and he would give them a, a direct command. And God has got his angels there and he gives them a direct command to take care of his people. E-charge. Say E-charge. E-charge. Yeah, Psalms 91, 11. He gives his angels E-charge. Interesting. Yeah, you can look it up in the Bible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So different, Bobby, talk to us about the different kinds of angels that you see. Oh, man. The different... there, there's all kinds of degrees of angels. All of them are stronger than us. They're smarter than us, but we're over them. Isn't that a strange thing? Don't you know so, the Bible yeah, says? Yeah, so what does we'll, that mean when we'll, we say we'll, that we're over? We'll judge angels. Yeah. Isn't that something? Yeah. Uh, angels cannot understand the grace of God offered to us. When one of us gets saved, they peer into it. They look into it with wonder and awe because God never a single time offered them grace. The angels that kept not their ha first habitation, he cast out. But here we are. We sin. And, and then God continues to daily offer us grace. And the angels can't understand that. But uh, we're above them. But don't, don't, listen, they're stronger than us. They're holier than us. But they're servants to us. And uh, angels are really real. And uh, one of the things that people go, well, I want to see some angels. Do you? I'll pray a prayer over you and it'll, it'll open your eyes if yes, you want to see yeah, angels. Yeah, let's do Second that. 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 16 and 17. What was that? 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 16 and 17. Remember the, the, little, the young prophet's servant gets up, the, the young servant of the prophet gets up, and he sees all the heavens full. He sees the, all the earth full of armies against him. Remember that? And he woke the prophet up. Oh, they're everywhere. And the prophet goes, oh, oh don't worry. There's more that be with us than be with them. Yeah. I'm sure the kid was good at math 1-2. And then he could see maybe 30,000 armies and 20,000 armies over here. And the prophet prayed, 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 16, 17. Oh, Lord, open his eyes that he may see. Oh, Lord, open his eyes that he may see. Shoom! Instantly the young man could see the whole heavens filled with armies. The most repetitive name in the Bible for God is Lord of hosts. That ought to tell us it's a struggle. That's right. The word host means armies. Yeah. And isn't that something? Yeah, that is. So what are, what are some of the most like, un unusual uh, angels where you, you wouldn't even recognize it as, as an angel and you discerned it later? Okay. I, uh, I was sitting on my porch typing on a, a, a book I was writing in Moravia Falls, North Carolina, and it can get really mystic there. The, the clouds can come down uh, house level and you're just in you're just sur surrounded by clouds. And it, it was a wonderful time. I'm just working away on the uh, computer writing this book. And I hear a jet, what I thought was a jet plane. I mean, just like a jet on the runway. And I thought, who would fly a plane that low in this kind of, this kind of uh, weather? And it got louder and louder. And I thought, oh, my, so I set my computer down. And I walked to the west end of my porch. And I'm looking. I'm expecting any moment for this plane to burst through and an angel burst through. It was an angel and making all that sound. And he unfurled. He was maybe 50 feet tall up in the air with wings wider than my house. And he looked at me. And I'm looking at him. And he made a declaration. Prepare the king's chariot. Wow. And, and I said, what? And he said, prepare the chariot of the king and took off. So every time you open your church, every time you preach the gospel, you're preparing a vehicle for the Lord, a chariot of the king. Isn't that something? That is. That's the incredible. people are the chariot of the king, the one that brings in the vessels of the Lord. Isn't that wild? That is. That's angels awesome. are really real. Uh, every one of us have seen angels. Sometimes you don't even recognize them. And uh, have you ever been in your house and all of a sudden you thought you saw a foot go by the door? Yeah. Or you thought you saw a hand by the door? Yeah. Uh, that most of the time, that's a watcher angel. And get them to materialize. Ask, ask to see them. Yeah, awesome. I was at my house one time, 2 o'clock in the morning, by myself, up in the mountains, and I'm typing away on a book again, da, 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 and, I'm and say I'm the only human being in the house, and I'm typing away, and right there, right where my hand is, an angel appeared. 
Scared the crud out of me. I screamed at him, ah, what are you doing? He goes, I'm watching over you. Why? You need it. Just like that. Yeah, I, awesome. I'm screaming to him. He's screaming at me. Yeah, that's true. They respond. The first time I spent the night in the, the house that they had built for us, a cabin, I, I hear a noise on the porch, step out there, there's 14 to 18 angels. And wow. they, they had not had a commission since uh, the 1700s when uh, Zinzendorf wow. and those guys wow. were there. Wow. The first question out of their mouth was, what took you so long? See, they didn't have anybody to give them a commission till because of, you know, nobody been there. Isn't that amazing? That is, that is. Wow. When it comes to commissioning angels and, 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 and engaging them, what, what kind of instruction do you have on that? They're here the kind to of thing, I mean, can you do that by faith? Like, if you're not really a seer, can you be like, uh, angels of God? Like, yeah, is, that, is that legit? Is that yeah, okay to so, do? Psalms 104, verse 4. said so they're ministering spirits. Yeah. They're winds of fire. They're here to help us. Okay. They're, they're sent down to aid us who are the heirs of salvation. Yeah. And the word aid means to assist us. Yeah. And uh, like I said, angels are stronger than us, but yeah. they're under us. And... Uh, God really wants us to move to the place to where we're really operating as sons and daughters of the Most High God, Amen. where we can we can really uh, uh, we can begin to direct heaven's help uh, for us. Because listen, we're not in any battle by ourselves. Yeah, man, you study angels in the Bible. Wow! And when they come and fight along this beside God's people, it's pretty amazing. Wow, that's awesome, Abigail. You had a question for Bobby about angels, didn't you? Yeah, why don't you come on up. You guys, we want to welcome my daughter, Abigail. Peter, you had one too? Yeah, come on up. So, Peter, do you have one? All right, come on up, guys. Abigail saw uh, angels today. Is that right, sweetie? Go ahead and hop up here. And you did too. You did. Talk to Bobby. Ask him some questions. You guys got good. There you go. You saw angels today? Good. You know what Jesus said? Jesus said, except we become like you, we can't see or enter the kingdom of heaven. That's right. So we have to be childlike enough to see angels. That's right. Isn't that so? See, but religion grows us up. We're Dr. So-and-so, and we're very smug in our theological. No, except <laughs> we become right. as a little child. So tell me about what you saw. Um, so I was playing soccer, and um, I've usually, um, I've seen two types. I've seen one um, where it's like, um, the shape of an angel, but then it's all filled in with white. And then recently, um, I've been seeing these dots, mm -hmm. and they're colorful, but uh, I know they're angels because I feel it. Uh -huh. And then um, today, I saw, while I was playing soccer, around my shoulder right here, I just saw gold things that were sparkling, mm -hmm. and I knew that they were angels. Yeah. Bob Jones used to call those, and it sounds childlike, he, he called them Tinkerbell angels. Oh, wow. Have you ever seen sparkles just like yeah. that? Yeah. And yeah. that's what they did. He, 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 calls them, he used to call them Tinkerbell angels. Wow. And, but uh, they really, really are real. You can, wow. Angels are real. They can materialize. Uh, we've, we've got a lot of stories about angels. I wrote a book about them. The Lord said, write a book about the faithful and the fallen. The faithful are the angels, the fallen are the demons. Yeah. And believe you me, we're in the end of the age, and the fruit of good and evil both are coming to flourishing. Yeah. And so we're going to need to know, we need to know more about demons That's and right. know more about angels. That's awesome. Sophia, did you have a question for Mr. Bobby? Hold it right up there. It was all white, but then there was a little beak, like a duck, and it was yellow. And it was like, with uh, other ducks, the other 
stacks fell really low, so those stacks had little hats on them, and they said that the mother duck said, we are all a family. We are all a family? The duck spoke to you and said that? Interesting. Isn't that amazing? Can you interpret that, Bobby? I can. I can tell you. Creation knows more about the timing than you and I do. That's awesome. Uh, see, before the fall, there was no predator spirit. Yeah. I'll tell you a little story. I live in Moravian Falls, North Carolina, and I'm coming down off of my porch, uh, and I'm, I get to the last step on the porch and started to step, and a little bunny rabbit, just a little bitty soft bunny rabbit about that tall, starts running that away because he thought I, was a, I thought I was a predator. And he's running just as fast as he can that away, and it broke my heart. And I said, I said I'm 75, 76 years old, and I go, stop! I'm talking to a running bunny. Stop! And the little bunny stops just like that, maybe 30 or 40 feet away. And he stops, and I said, come here. I won't hurt you. And he hopped all the way around and hopped all the way to my foot. He's this far from my foot, and he's looking at me like this. And my heart's going, I'm not afraid of a bunny. But see, this is supernatural. I said, Lord, what is this? He said, oh, that little rabbit knows more about my timing than you do. Wow. See, when God restores the kingdom back to this earth, a lion can lay down with a lamb. And a baby can pick up a viper. Isn't that something? So all of creation is, is trying to tell us to become who we're supposed to be, the sons and daughters of the Most High God. That's awesome. That's awesome. Once I had a vision and in the vision, I saw an angel, and it gave me a purple diamond. Gave you a purple diamond? Purple in the Bible is the color of royalty. Awesome. Isn't that something? That is. And uh, uh, I, the diamond talks about a jewel, something precious. Mm-hmm. And we're called the jewels of God in the Bible. When I come to take up my jewels, and you look at it in Hebrew, it means my specially acquired treasure. And can you, can you imagine how much we're valuable to heaven because God paid the blood of Jesus Christ? We're not redeemed with corruptible things such as silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Christ. I dare you look up the Greek word precious. We don't even have an English word for it. It means incalculable. It means it's so valuable you can't put a value on it. And so that's why we're precious to God. Yeah, but purple is very important. If you look at the shepherd's rod for last year, I write the color this year is purple. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, you guys, are, and you, oh, you have one more? Okay, just, just one more, because just because you're, you're my kid doesn't mean you get, no. Can you talk to angels? Yes, you can talk to angels, and they good can question. talk to you. That's a good thing. You can. They can talk to you. And uh, remember, they would come and talk to Daniel, and uh, they can come and talk to you. And ask them, if you, if, if, ask them to communicate to you, Okay. And uh, we can hear. If you can hear God, you can hear God's servants, the angels. And you can hear God. John ten three said, what? My sheep hear my voice and they follow me. Yeah. What, and, what do you guys tell Mr. Bobby? Thank you. You're welcome. Awesome. God you bless guys you. are so good. Yeah, yeah. This? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there you go. He said, listen. Uh, <laughs> Aren't children wonderful? I love them. They're, yeah. they're gifts from God. They are. Yeah, they're, they are. They're on loan to us. Yeah, yeah, and they're so well connected yeah. to the Lord. I just love the things that oh, they that they share, the, the way that the Lord speaks to them. That's it's, what I love. I love old people and children. Yeah, they're not political. Yeah, that's right. They don't give a rip. They're Everything they, in between is kind of yeah. like ah, uh, you uh, know. But but children and old people, I'm they are the tired of all no. the filters, aren't you? <laughs> that's right. You know, uh, you know, the little kids will just tell you. I had my grandson there one time, and uh, back then he talked with a lisp. 
And uh, so I had him there, and I'm talking to him, and he goes, Papa Priest, you smell like you've eaten something yellow. <laughs> yeah. Don't you like that? <laughs> that is, that's awesome. He was simply Papa saying, Preach. I yeah. love your nickname, yeah. too, Papa yeah. Preach. Yeah. That, that's awesome. The other grandpa, they named him Papa Momo because he rode him around on the lawnmower. You know, and I got the best one. Papa Momo? Yeah, Papa Momo. <laughs> that's awesome. And so I'm Papa Preach. Great, great, great. Almost, almost, almost. Hey, I was going to ask you, uh, she was talking about ducks and talking ducks. And you've had some interesting yeah. uh, encounters with animals. Uh-huh. Um, oh, thanks, Gwen. That's perfect. Wow. Yeah, Bobby. Could, would you want to dive into some of those? Uh, wow. Just fill your mouth full of food. Unless we move that and do that. <laughs> that looks, and then just talk with your mouth. Looks Actually, good. they bring this for me so yeah. that you yeah. talk and okay. I Okay, here it is. Romans eight nineteen. It said the whole creation is groaning and travailing, wanting us to step into our true identity as the manifested sons of God. Isn't that amazing? And uh, animals can communicate to you. They really can. Uh, I could tell you some stories. They're pretty wild. You want to hear a wild story? Yes, Bobby. If you, if you read, uh, remember there's some little books about uh, William Brannan, little blue books. And I, I was reading one of those little blue books about Branham, and it says that one day he spoke a squirrel into existence. Is that, now that, isn't that a strange thing? That is. That is. Now, okay. And that was so he could shoot it, right? Yeah. No, no. I don't, oh, that I, wasn't that. I don't know about that. And he spoke a squirrel into existence. So I'm down, I'm down in the East Texas woods. Trees are 100 feet tall. And I'm down there, and I'm, I'm hunting. I'm deer hunting. I'm sitting on the ground with my back up against a tree about the size of a telephone pole like this. And I'm sitting there, and the... The furthest thing from my mind was Branham's little uh, blue book. Wow, right, And the right. Lord said to me, Bobby... What do you think about uh, William Brannan speaking that squirrel into existence? And I said, just like this, oh, I know it's true. And then he says to me, you know, I'm no respecter of persons. See, that's how I got most of my gifts from God. I'd find it in the Bible, and then I'd say to God, you're no respecter of persons. Wow. If you spoke to, if you spoke to Moses yep. face-to-face as a friend communicates, you, you can do it to Bobby. And that's how I'd get most of my experiences. I'd hold that against God. You're no respecter for, and he, he said to me, when I said, oh, yes, I believe it's real. He said, you know, I'm no respecter of persons. Oh, I got a sick feeling. Mm. Yeah. I said, uh, uh-huh, yeah. And then uh, uh, I'm trying to change the subject, you know. Yeah. And, and, and then he says, no, uh, you really, you, you, and I said, yes, I believe he did. And he said to me again, you know, I'm no respecter of persons. Oh, man. I, it was such a tense moment. My heart was beating so hard, it pushed me away from the tree like this. Wow. Wow. And then he said, over there, there was a little sapling of a tree with a, about a limb about six feet high off the ground uh, like this. And he said, I want you to do the same thing. I had no faith for it at all. Wow. And I'm trying to beg him out of it because yeah, I right. don't feel equipped to do it. I said, right. He said, nope, no, nope, I'm no respecter of persons. And I had to speak a squirrel into existence and one, one appeared. And then it appeared. I watched it for a moment and it disappeared. Wow. And then the Lord said to me, don't wow. you ever... Don't you ever tell me you believe something when you don't. Wow. See, I believed it for Branham, but I didn't believe that's it right. for Bobby. Wow. Wow. See, that's why we have not. We believe it's okay for the great Hebrew uh, Hall of Fame. That's right. But they are written and their stories are written to encourage us in whom the ends of the world have come. And so we've got to, we've got to man up and start understanding that these things in the Bible are for us to do. Yeah. And yeah. because Hebrews 13, 8 says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yeah. Whatever he did then, he does now, but he's looking for people he can do it through. Yeah, yeah. So that messed up my hunting. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, you speak a big elk into, into <laughs> yeah. existence, right? Yeah. Elk, yeah. come forth. Yeah. yeah. I read in the Bible, he gave us dominion. That's right. Sometimes they won't listen. You That's know, right. Dominion. Hey, let me ask you. Um, so Bob, at one point, how did this work? When you, the, fir- the first shepherd's rod that you wrote, um, did God speak to you about that first and then Bob kind of no, confirmed other, and gave you other permission? No, other way around. Okay. Other way around. Um, Bob Jones had recorded the shepherd's rod decades before I did. Yeah. He'd, he'd done them uh, at that time. I think he's the only individual I know on earth that was doing the shepherd's rod on the Day of Atonement. And so I knew that he did them. And Bob comes to me. I, I walked up to me and he goes, yeah, God wants you to do the shepherd's rod. And I said, no, Bob, I'm not going to do it just like that. But I was going to explain to him why I didn't want to do it. Uh, and I was, I was going to explain to him, no, I'm not going to do it because I don't want to polyparrot or copy sure. of what somebody else is doing. Sure. So I said, no, Bob, I'm not going to do it. And before I could give him the explanation on why, he rubbed his hands like that. And he goes, well, he wants you to. And turned around and walked off. In a huff. <laughs> just walked off like that. <laughs> right, right. And I'm standing there and I'm beating myself up thinking, oh, Lord. I didn't get to handle that right. I didn't get to explain to him why. I didn't want to do the shepherd's rod. Jesus Christ appears right about where you are. He said, I want you to record the shepherd's rod. I said, no, Lord, because I don't get revelation like that. That's what I said. Wow. No, Lord, wow. because I don't get revelation like that. When I said I don't get revelation like this, he takes me like that and carries me up into the universe, into the heavens, into a dome, a big round sphere. And in that sphere, there's... There's screens, like big film screens, wow, thousands wow, wow. of them all around me, beside me, beneath me, under. And every one of the screens were playing something different, a wow. different sequel. But when I'd focus on the scene, I'd know everything. The most minute detail, I'd know everything about it. I'm thrown back down to earth, Jesus standing uh, there, and he almost laughed at me and said, See, no problem for me to give you revelation. And so that's, I started doing the shepherd rod then. And this coming Day of Atonement would be my 25th one. That's incredible. Now, when you had that encounter, was that just before the Day of Like, was that on the Day of Atonement? No, just no, this before? was bef- that just before the Day of Atonement. Yeah. And, uh, Did I'll you t- use the information that you saw on those screens? Was that part of no, no, the that, first? No, that, that was just showing me that he that could give me revelation. And then here's what Bob Jones and I did. And for those 24 years, we made a covenant. We never discussed the shepherd rod together until they were both in print. For, to, to cover ourselves so nobody could say, Bobby copied Bob or Bob copied Bobby. And it's stunning. It is breathtaking to take those shepherd's rods and put them side by side. Uh, it's the same thing, just said in different ways. And so that's what the Bible said in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let everything be established. Bobby, like you're so blessed. You were, you were part of this rich, like vibrant community of prophets. And, and you weren't, it wasn't this... Um, uh, organizational thing. It was this yeah. relational thing, yeah. and and um, you guys are just running together, and you you thoroughly enjoyed each other. Oh my and, goodness! You know, and and um, and I guess my question to you is, uh, what kind of encouragement would you give to maybe some of these young prophets that are kind of up and coming, and yeah. and they don't have that, they don't have those that that, and they're looking for it. They, find know. a mentor, find somebody that uh, that their life is something that's exemplary, and begin to really pattern your life after them. That's what Paul did with Timothy. And we've got to learn how to reproduce ourselves in people. And you're so right. We had the, t- listen, I look back at it now, and this, this is the absolute truth. Uh, Bob was in the hospital, and the, the day he died, I, I, I raised up in bed. See, I didn't know he died. And I screamed, my father, my father, just like in the Bible. Wow. Wow. Isn't that something? Yeah. Well, did his funeral for him. It's amazing. Wow. Listen. Wow. Uh, I'll tell you what, we underestimated who Bob Jones was. He's a, uh, Elijah and Elisha dote over him. I'm telling you, 
I'm telling you right now, Elisha and Elijah dote over him because he was an end time prophet that got to live what they had prophesied. Take us back. How, how did you meet Bob? How did, how did that how okay. did they all happen? This is, yeah. a, this is a wonderful thing yeah. because uh, uh, this is 1994. Uh, 1994, I saw a great big rock coming through the space. I mean, a gigantic <laughs> rock coming through the space. And he said, that's a sign my kingdom is coming to earth. Call Bob Jones and he'll tell you. I never met Bob Jones. I'd seen him twice in a vision and once on a video. So let's, let's just stop right there okay. for a moment. The two visions that I'd seen him in, uh, I didn't know Bob Jones from uh, anybody. And I go into a vision and I'm walking down a trail in the woods, you know, with trees on each side. And there's a, a pathway like a road, a dirt road. And I see an eagle, a wounded eagle, Try, going in front of me, hopping like this. And you can tell his wings broke, mm. and you can tell he's damaged. And he hops like this, and it, my heart just uh, got sad, man. And it hopped back and turned his face like that and looked at me, and it had a man's face. And I said, Lord, who is that? And he said, that's my prophet, Bob Jones. And I thought, oh, my. And then it went away. A few days later, I'm the same thing again. I found myself in the woods uh, in, a tr- in a vision, and I, I, I saw that same pathway, and I saw the eagle a little bit better than he was the first time I saw him, and I saw him trying to get enough momentum to get up and fly, and he, if he fell and rolled like this, and the dust and was all over him, and it broke my heart. I mean, I, listen, I, mm. here's what I, I said to the Lord. I said, Lord... Don't ever show me that again if you're not going to do something about it. Wow. That's what I said. Don't you ever show me that again. And he said, that's why I'm showing you. He said, uh, Bob's going to be restored and you, you, you'll end up best of friends. Wow. And wow. so anyway, in 1994, I saw the big uh, rock coming through the space. He said, call Bob Jones. He'll tell you. The only time I'd ever seen Bob Jones was twice in a vision as a wounded eagle. And so Ricky Skaggs, a country western singer, he gave me Bob's number. Bob lived in Chipley, Florida at that time, and I lived in Texas. And so I called the number. It rang, it rang, it rang. And I was just about to hang it up, and Bob goes, Hello. I go, This is Bobby Connor. He said, Yeah, I know who you are. You seen it, didn't you? I said, Yes, I did, but you tell me what I saw. He said, You saw the big rock coming through space. I said, I, I did. He said, You know what it means. I said, I do, but you tell me. And he said, It meant the dominion of God was coming. Wow. So that was the same thing. Wow. So uh, he came and preached in our church. That's the first time he had preached since he'd been in Kansas City. And it's, it was the wildest thing. And God joined us together at the hip. And we did, uh, you know, hundreds of meetings together all over the place, man. But uh, very, very anointed, very unique. Uh, it, it's, it's just really, really unique. And so he's in the cloud of witnesses now when Amen. we're talking. Yeah. But man, we talk. You talk about something. So uh, we we've we've had some wonderful times. Can you tell us? Can you tell us the story of when um, uh, when he died and he was in the yeah. hospital? Yeah, I'll tell you. Uh, I've seen Bob dead. Uh, 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 so one time he was going to have knee surgery. Yeah. He yeah. used to be a woodcutter and he cut trees and he used to have climb up trees with a chainsaw and lock his knees to cut the trees. And so he wore his knees out when he was a young man. And so he's going to have a knee surgery. And uh, he was going to go to the veterans hospital by himself. And the Lord spoke to my wife, Carolyn, and said, no, Bob shouldn't go by himself. Uh, Bobby needs to go with him. So I said, Carolyn, my wife just insisted. I said, Lord, uh, what do you mean to do? He said, I want you to go and bring uh, Paul Keith Davis with you. So I called Paul Keith. And I said, we're going to go to the hospital with Bob. And uh, so we told Bob. And Bob goes, totally wasting your time. No, boy, I'll be all right. Totally wasting your time. That's what he said. Yeah. And I said, nope, God told me we're coming. And so this is on a January night in uh 
uh, Chicago, Illinois. It's colder than you could imagine. They're supposed to have a surgery at 10 o'clock that morning. So Paul, Keith, and I go to the hospital around 5.30 in the morning. Sleet and snow just going straight in the air like this. We get there, get to Bob's room. The Bob, it's already empty. They've already come to get Bob, come and got Bob. And I said, Lord, I don't know where Bob is. He said, I do, follow me. He said, go back, get to the elevator, punch the elevator, go all the way down to the basement, get out of there, turn left, go all the way down the end of the hall, turn right, go all the way to the end of the hall. There'll be a metal box on the door, push it. We go down the, end, down the hall, down the, there's a metal box, I push it, we walk right into the operating room. There's a doctor with their mask, there they are with their uh, bloody gloves, and there's Bob laying on the gurney, dead. Bob Jones laying on the garden dead. There's a black cloud like that spinning like that. And there's Bob Jones hanging from the ceiling like a hot air balloon. And I said, God, what's this? He said, that black cloud is death. It separated Bob from his body. Can't get back into his body. Rebuke the cloud. And I said, I rebuked the cloud. And it goes, zoom, zoom, and went spinning like that out the door. Wham! Bob fell back out of the ceiling into his body. When he came to, you ought to hurt him. He goes, whoo, I'm glad I didn't li- you didn't listen to me, boy. That's what he said. Yeah, yeah. isn't that crazy? I love that story. That is the absolute truth. I love truth. that story. Hey, yeah. let's take a quick break here. Right. Y'all tell me, you, you remember a story when I, I was throwing Altoids? Did I tell you all that story? It's a, it's a great story. Might tell if you get the camera running. Here's the Altoids story. I, I was up there preaching. My wife was sitting in the front row, and the church that we pastored was about twice as deep as this one and wider and my wife had a box of Altoids there, a little breath mints. They're from England is where they originated from. It says Curiously Strong Breath Mints. That's, that's a little logo on them. So anyway, uh, I stepped in off the platform and I said, I'd like to have one. And she, she handed me the, the box. And so I got the box and I took one. And she said, I said, you want one? She said, yeah. So I pitched it like that and she caught it. The lady behind her said, I'd like one. And I pitched it to her and she caught it. And then I realized this was supernatural. We had a guy in our church named John Taylor, and he's all the way to the back, maybe not quite twice as deep as this place here. And I said, hey, John, stand up. Open your mouth. I'm going to throw this in your mouth. And I wheeled it like that and threw it. It went all across the heads of the people filled right in John Taylor's mouth. You couldn't throw that in John Taylor's mouth in 10,000 times. But see, it was a setup from the Lord. Then out of my mouth came the Bible verse, open wide your mouth and I'll fill it, declares the Lord. And so he wants to fill it with curiously strong bread, spirit. You understand that? Okay. <laughs> They're working on technology. Yeah. Yeah, I'm working on this. How about the tricycle and the Lincoln? The what? The tricycle and the Lincoln. Oh, yeah. Chester drugged me down Highway 31 uh, with a chopped up Lincoln and a tricycle with a, a rope attached to the neck of it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Chester's one got his, knife, his face cut off with a knife fight. Oh, man. He's still living. and Good Lord. Now he's got a big old gray beard. We used to ride motorcycles, and his beard was blood red. And he tightened a knot behind his head while we rode motorcycles. Oh, Lord. We've, we've had some times with folks. When I first started preaching, the first few rows would be policemen. That's the honest to God truth to see if it was me, honestly. And uh, I tell you what, the media is a way to reach people nowadays, though, honestly. The Lord asked me one time, he said, do you know how I spread the Holy Spirit across the body of Christ? And instantly I knew I didn't. And he said, cassette tapes. 
See, there were some preachers that wouldn't come to a charismatic meeting, but they'd get the tapes and hide in their office and, and listen to the things about the gifts of the Spirit. And so God does that. That's how I got put on television. The, I was driving down the road one time, and he said, um, there's a verse in the Bible that says, what you hear in the ear is shout from the housetop. And so we're driving down the road, and the Lord said, uh, what do you see? And I'm the whole bunch of houses. I said, houses? He said, what's on top of them? And I said, a roof? And he said, what's on the roof? And back then, everybody had an antenna. And I said, antenna. And he said, that's right. What you hear in the ear is shout from the housetop. And that's how we got on television. It was uh, That was quite a deal. Uh, 30 seconds could cost $700,000 at that time. And, and I was buying 30 minutes a, a week for $117. Looky here. We are good now. Just, yeah, oh, man. How was that curry? It was delicious. Is that good? Yes. Did you leave good. any for me? Or did you eat it well, all? Well, uh, I, uh, I, I, <laughs> I, I said to Christopher, don't eat it all. we got to say pasture some. Was it no, spicy? That might have been the other way around. Yeah, right, said, right, right. He might have said, so it's all gone then? Uh, no, there's a little bit. Is there, is there, it, just a know, little bit left. Was it spicy? Or? Oh, it was wonderful. Was it? Go, go ahead. I was, with, I was with Bob I Jones. I was with Bob Jones out in his garden. He was working on some strawberry plant, uh, plants he had. And all of a sudden, he gets up. He gets up off, he was off his knees. And he goes, well, I'm going in the house. I said, what you going in the house for? He said, a millionaire is going to call me. I said, who? He said, I don't know. I said, I'm going in the house with you. So we get to the door, and he takes his sandals or his shoes off because he got some dirt on them, and he has a Kansas City uh, baseball cap on, takes it off, hangs it on a nail, walks by the phone. The phone rings. He picks it up and goes, hello. Yeah, uh -huh, this is Bob Jones. Yeah, that's right. Well, I'll tell you, you're a man ahead of your time. They wouldn't buy what you built, but you've turned your heart to the Lord, and he's going to get you out of all of this. Yeah, I'm sure. Okay, bye. I said, who was it? He said, I don't know, some guy named John DeLorean. It was John DeLorean, the guy oh, that wow. built the Back to the Future car. Wow. Said they wouldn't buy what he built. Yeah, right. And then he, got in, he was in deep trouble with the IRS and with some things, and God got him out of all of that because he gave his heart to Jesus. That's incredible. Isn't that crazy? That's incredible. That, I was in the I've house when that. it happened. I've been, I've been in Bob Jones' house when NASA called him and said, tell us what you see. We know you can see further than us. Isn't wow. that something? That is. That's yeah. incredible. It's pretty wild, isn't it? Yeah. Hey, can you tell us the story uh, that when, when you and Bobby, both in separate encounters, were flying together? Yeah. Oh, man. This is wild. It's like one of my, it's like one of my yeah. favorite stories. Yeah. We were, we were in a morning star. We were in a, a lodge up there at uh, Moravian Falls, and we used to have these uh, uh, roundtable meetings there for the prophets. And so Bob was there, and uh, Mahesh Shabda, and Bonnie, and Rick, and all and, uh, all of them. And Bob was sitting in the chair, and so he... He said to me, come here, Bobby, I want you to pray for me. So I walked over there and, and I touched him on the shoulder. And the moment I put my hand on his shoulder to pray for him, instantly soar up into the heavens like big eagles, you know. And I, I, I'm soaring up there with Bob. We're like eagles. And I said to Bob, let's go higher. And he said, here's what, here's what he said. No, uh, we, we don't need to go any higher. And I, I said in this trance, shut up. Two can go higher than one. And, you know, I would have never talked to him like that. And uh, our wings touched together and we went higher. I mean, we went so high you could see the earth back like this. And then the wind blew us like this. And then you could see down mountain slopes, calamity, tragedy, all kind of chaos. And Bob said, see, I told you we shouldn't have went this high. And I said again, shut up. You don't have to just see the bad. And the wind blew us back like this. And then you could see the blessings of God. And so I never told anybody that I told Bob to shut up. And about, uh, I guess, a month or maybe three weeks, Bob was up there preaching. He starts laughing. 
Bobby told me, shut up. Yeah. But isn't that something that you can have a mutual trance? That is incredible. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, amazing. Yeah, he would, yeah, I'd never have t- I would never talk to him like that. But uh, and he said it so funny. Bobby told me shut up. Well, we were, we went to Longview, Washington once, and uh, me and Bob Jones, and uh, we were going to do a conference there. And they they had us in a van, and uh, I was sitting behind Bob in the van, and the rest of the van was full of preachers. And we were up on some hill overlooking Longview, Washington, and Bob leaned back and goes, "Hey, boy," talking to me, "Hey, boy." Tell these preachers what generation this is. I said, Bob, they know what generation this is. He said, no, tell them. I said, well, it's the Joshua generation. God's joining the generations. And when I said that, high lines, power lines, 15 feet apart, jumped up together, wound themselves together, and blew every light out in Longview, Washington. We sat there and watched the blue transformers explode, and it blew every light out in Longview, Washington. And then the next day, the paper says, for some unknown reason, at a certain intersection, two power lines, 15 feet apart. But see, God was verifying the message of the joining of the generations. It doubles the power, and we're not equipped for it right yet. Yeah. isn't that wild? Yeah, that is. That's incredible. That's where the That's fire department came to the meeting. We we're up there. I'm up there preaching, and Bob's sitting there, and I hear a fire truck, and he got louder, and I thought, boy, that sounds close. And all of a sudden, the doors burst open, and he runs in the fire department. They got on masks and tanks and hats, and they run in there, and we're having church. And the guy jerked his mask off, and I won't say exactly what he said, but like, shucks. <laughs> yeah. Our sensors showed a full ceiling blaze in this building. Wow. See, the Holy Ghost was moving in such a way, it set the fire alarms off at the fire station. And so they ran in, and it, I was excited, and Bob, he's sitting back there going, yep, he used to happen all the time. That's what he did. You know, isn't that something? <laughs> that is God, awesome. Lord. That is awesome. Bob Jones, I'll tell you what, Google him if you want to, and watch his videos that they've got on the, on the YouTube. Uh, it's priceless. And I'll tell you, he was a real thing. Way back there before, uh, before uh, we were joined together, uh, he was very controversial. So I asked the Lord Jesus about him. I said, Bob, tell me about Bob Jones. And Jesus Christ looked me straight in the face and said, he's my friend. Mm. And he was a friend of the Lord. Wow. He'd go to heaven like you and I go to Walmart. He would. I'm telling you, I, he, he, God gave him access to heaven. And uh, one time he stood before God uh, uh, in death. Yeah. And uh, the Lord said, Bob... Uh, I, I want you to go back. And Bob said, no, Lord, I, I don't want to go back. And he said, look. And he looked back like this to earth, and he saw um, a, a, the lineup of a billion young people standing at the gate to come into the kingdom of God. And Bob said, I'll go back for that. Yeah. So you we're going to see a great harvest right. of, of young That's people. That's right. That's right. That's right. Amen. So, Amen. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Hey, let me ask you. So you met him in 94, uh, uh-huh. and then he passed away in 2014. Is that, uh-huh. is that right? Yeah. What kind of transformation did you see? From like 94, Bob, to 2014, Bob. Yeah, I'll tell you what, uh, he, he always, the, the moment I met him, he was electrifying, you know. Wow. But boy, i tell you what, I, I, I watched him, the, the number one thing about Bob Jones, he loved people. Wow. When he stood before God in death, the only question God asked him was, did you learn to love? See, by this shall all men know you are my disciples if you have love one for another. We have got to start, we've got to really cultivate love. That's right. And Jesus demonstrated love. And so the, that's what we need. we need. We need to be people that really love people. Yeah. And that was his number one, I think, his attribute. He genuinely loved people. And uh, boy, we've been in situations you can't imagine. Uh, <laughs> let me, let, let's talk a little bit about yeah, that. Yeah, like what, Bobby? Oh, okay. <laughs> Tell us, Bobby. I, I was down in Florida. Yeah. Uh, I don't maybe, could have been Miami, in a, 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 a minister with a black church. 
And Aaron Evans was a pastor. And did just I, I was doing the preaching. To be honest with you, it wasn't all that good to me. Yeah, honestly. sure, sure, sure. It seemed kind of flat line. Sure, yep. I'm in the ho- I, I get back home from the meeting, and old Aaron calls me. Yeah. Yeah, brother. <laughs> I, he said, oh, you're coming back. I said, no, Aaron, I don't think I'm coming back. <laughs> he said, yeah, you coming back. I said, no, Aaron, I, I don't think I'm coming back. He said, yeah, the Lord told me you're coming back. And I said, what did the Lord tell you? He said, the Lord told me to get the Hard Rock Cafe and bring you back. I said to him, okay, Aaron, you get the Hard Rock Cafe. Uh, this is in uh, Orlando. Yeah, yeah. He said, you get the Hard Rock Cafe. I'll come and bring some of my friends. And I forgot about it. Yeah, right. Weeks went by, maybe even months, and I get a call from Aaron. Uh, uh, Aaron Evans. Hey, brother, I got, I got it. I said, you got what? <laughs> he said, I got the Hard Rock Cafe. I got Bob Jones, Paul Keith Davis, John Paul Jackson, Rick Joyner, Don Potter. Uh, yes. Almost anybody could spell Jesus. Yes. And we go down there to a hard rock cafe. That's incredible. I mean, just, they had to, this is awful. They had to sweep up women's underwear off the platform because they'd had a rock show there the night before. And it's open to the public. The, this, this meeting is open to the public. Good Lord. It, it broke out, man. I'm telling you, that thing was packed out. like People fell on the head and started spinning around. Wow. One of my guys wow. says, whoa, wow. this gives me the heebo-jeebos. You know, but, and you never see. And, and Bob Jones gets up and Don Potter and the, there's, there's light shows going on like this. Yeah. And Bob Jones gets up and starts rapping and it's good. I leaned to Rick and I said, you're, you're, you're. Uh, Is there a video of this? Uh, yeah, there, there, there's oh, a video. Wow. And Don's playing music, you know, uh, and Bob's up there rapping and it's good. I told Rick, I said, listen, uh, you're, uh, th- th- this is the end of your problem right here. Here's Bob Jones rapping at the Hard Rock Cafe. They tried That's to revival. Get me, That's they revival. They tried to get me to sign a contract and come back and do another. Wow. It's, it was the wow. wildest thing. That's they, incredible. They had, one of these, they had one of these big old guards that was guarding the Hard Rock Cafe and he had go to hell and how to get there tattooed <laughs> on him. And, and I, I had bold. I said, God's going to change your whole life. He looked at me like I'll slap you into tomorrow. And the Holy Ghost fell on him and he's weeping like a little boy sitting in my lap. Just, you know, isn't that crazy? That is. That was a Hard Rock Cafe. Revival at the Hard but, Rock Cafe. Yeah, but you, you already seen it. It was the craziest thing. Uh, uh, I could pick up on what people would say and tell them what they're going to say before they say it. Uh, but that was me and Bob Jones at the Hard Rock Cafe. Wow, that's awesome. We went to a meeting that started at 2 a.m. in Nashville, Tennessee. 2 a.m. in the morning. Bob Jones and I, the, uh, he said, well, boy, I said, we're going to go over there and do something unique. I said, what's unique? He said, we're going to have a meeting at 2 a.m. I said, why? <laughs> he said, that's when all these pop stars are loose and they don't have nothing to do. So we went to the foundry in, in Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah. Uh, didn't have a lot in there. They had probably, I don't know, maybe, maybe 30,000 candles lit. And there's people in there that couldn't even spell Jesus. Wow. 2 a.m. in the morning. And me and Bob Jones is there. Uh, Henry Blackaby was there. Not, not as a speaker, but just yeah, there. Yeah. It's the wildest crowd you've ever seen. Wow. Uh, and so, boy, Heidi. And we had a time. And you were scheduled to speak there? At 2 a.m. in the morning. Yes, we did. Then the rock guys and the guys that, see, they'd quit their gigs and they came. And they, they came because they were invited to come. And uh, boy, that was wild. I looked out there and there was, there said a warlock in a, in a long trench coat and an Abraham Lincoln hat. And the Lord said, you see him? He had two, uh, two sets of witches on each side of him. I said, yes, I do. The Lord said, you know, what he, you know what he is, don't you? I said, yes, he's a Satanist. He said, oh, no, that's not what he is. He's an evangelist, but the church rejected him, so Satan took him wow. in. Like, this wow. is all true. Wow. And I said, what do you mean to do? He said, I want you to go back there and call him back to his calling. Isn't that something? So that is. God gave me his name, and so I, uh, 
I, I stepped down there to him. There's a big old boy in Abraham Lincoln hat and these witches. I said, uh, uh, I see that when you were a young man, God called you to preach. The church rejected you, but the devil took you in. And this Satanism mess you're in, it's only a facade. I said, come here. And he didn't come. I said, God, he didn't come. He said, command him. I said, come here. And he flips up over all the people and landed right in front of me. The witches are going, hey, I said, it's way too late for that. <laughs> and this, this kid just delivered right there. That's awesome. They was that people, is awesome. They, that they is was awesome. people couldn't even spell Jesus. Them hard rock guys, they, they, they go, you know, see, they, they was using verbiage you hadn't heard in church. You know, <laughs> what the F is this? You know, <laughs> yep, you know, yep. you know, but isn't that something? Yeah, that is. That, that was, is. That, that is. was over there in Nashville, Tennessee at, That's the, awesome. at the foundry. That's but uh, we got into some places, man. We went to the place where the highest suicide rate in America was at uh, uh, out there at Plano, Texas. Mm. That's where the football players' uh, families are and the, uh, the richest people around. And that had, they had the highest suicide rate among teenagers. And they leased the top of the Galleria Mall and had me and Bob Jones in there. Uh, you talk about something. They flew those kids in in helicopters and everything else. And uh, Bob, you know, Bob was, it, it was amazing. Uh, these kids had all the money in the world. And uh, Bob gets up there and he starts his rapping to them. And he goes, thus saith thee to me, you know, like that. <laughs> and at first those kids just looked like, good Lord, we're in a Disney world or something. And then all of a sudden the Holy Ghost fell. Those kids fall on their face. They're weeping, crying. It was, it was amazing. And Bob said, yeah, look what a mess you've got me into. <laughs> uh, he, he'd, he'd instigate these things. Uh, here's another Bob Jones story. He was up here somewhere in the northwest. I was over in the east coast ministering, and the Lord said, get a ticket and go out to where Bob is. I said, okay. I said, uh, I'm not invited. He said, yes, get you a ticket and go out there. So I, I leave the east coast and come to the west coast, and they pick me up at the airport. Mm-hmm. And I said, hello to the driver. The driver never said a word. And get to the church. I said, hello to the usher. Usher never said a word. And I said something, no, not a single word was said. They carried me down there and set me down by Bob Jones. Bob Jones had been there three days preaching. And uh, Bob said, how you doing? I said, I'm doing fine. I said, this is not a very friendly place, is it? They've not said a word. He said, they better not. I said, I told them not to say a single word to you. Now you get up here and you stand right there and you tell them everything I've said for three days. And I got up and stood there and told them everything Bob had said for the first three days. Talking about the flags, and people went crazy. Wow! See, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let everything be established. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, and, and Rick Joyner grabbed a hold of that. And, yeah. and, and years ago, he used to do these conferences yeah. where he would separate you guys. Separate like, me and you Larry. You and Larry. Right. And it, will you tell us a little bit about yeah, that? Yeah, I will. They put a, a section of the people here, and then in the, up down the tunnel, they put another section of people. And Larry would be ministering to one group, and I'd be ministering to the other. And then we'd finish the ministry, and then we'd... We'd swap groups, and I would call out the very same person Larry did and give them the very same prophecy, and he'd call out the pe- people I did and give them the very same prophecy. And it was teaching the people in the mouth of two or three witnesses everything to be established. It was the craziest thing. Uh, Larry had called out a guy that looked like Tom Jones, that yeah, singer, yeah, yeah. and it said something, I bet you can sing this song. And so I get in there and I say, hey, you look just like Tom Jones. And, and, and the people start roaring. See, because they know there was no collaboration at all. That's but, so creative. I mean, oh, yeah, that, that, that's amazing. Yeah. I tell you, I learned a thing about uh, 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 sharpening the prophetic anointing. I, I was uh, ministering in a church, and a, a young uh, college-age girl comes in front of me, and she's just her eyes are just glued to me like this. And I said, you want a word from God, don't you? And she does like that. I said, uh, you're not going to talk to me, are you? And she goes, look like that. And I thought, what in the world? And when I said that, her face turned into Barbara Walters, mm. you know, the TV yeah. woman. Yeah. And I said, Lord, what in the world is this? He said, what is Barbara Walters? I said, she's a, a, a journalist. 
And he said, this young girl wants to be a Christian journalist. I said, oh, I know what you want to be. You want to be a Christian journalist. She goes bananas. She's jumping up in there, falling on the floor, jumping. She reached in her back pocket, jerked out an envelope, tore up the envelope, and held up the thing. Her said, my heart's desire is to be a Christian journalist. Wow. And so that, then I, I got her prophetic teams together, and I'd make people write down their heart's desire, put in a sealed envelope, and come stand in front of her prophetic team till they could pick up what their heart's desire was. Isn't that wild? That's a great activation. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's a great activation. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? That is. Yeah. Hey, so <laughs> 24 years of the shepherd's rod, mm-hmm. and in many of your shepherd's rods, you're, you, the Lord shows you the future, various aspects yeah. Yeah. of the future. I wanted to ask you about um, the area of, uh, of disease. Um, yeah. uh, uh, you and Bob have seen different diseases mm-hmm. coming. You've also seen different cures yes. coming. And, um, and uh, one, of the, one of the big uh, 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 killers has been cancer. Yeah. And, um, and it's interesting that, the, that they're still using the same ammunition to kill. Is, yeah. is it, yeah. They're using, you know, 20, 30 years ago. Yeah. There really hasn't been a whole lot of breakthrough yeah. in, in, that, in that area. I guess my question more specifically is, what, what are you seeing in the area of, of, uh, of disease and disease breakthrough and all that kind of yeah. stuff? What we have to do with cancer is curse it. Uh, uh, our, our architect out of Texas brought his son. His son was in college, and he got a cancer up in his uh, back of his nasal, and it was growing like a like a it was rapidly growing and pushing into his brain. And the doctors have said, uh, if we don't operate, he's going to die. If we do operate, he'll lose all of his motor skills. So he brings his 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 son to me. And here's this handsome college kid and uh, got a bright future in front of him and with this cancer. And I said, Lord, what will you do with this cancer? He said, Bobby, I'm going to do exactly with this cancer what I did with the fig tree. Wow. Remember, he cursed the fig tree yeah, and it yeah. swiveled. And, and so I said, God's going to do exactly with this cancer what he did with the fig tree. He's going to curse it and it's going to swivel. When they carried the kid back, the doctors looked in there and said, oh, my God. And they took it out with a pair of tweezers. Wow. And this, wow, this wow, architect wow. followed me all over the world Wow. Uh, since then. It, it, it's amazing. And that's what I think we've got to do. I think we've got to take authority over cancer. I believe it's a demon. Mm. I believe cancer is a demon. Yeah. And, I, and I, we have authority over that. And uh, uh, I have a, a, a dialogue from a doctor once where this is where I think cancer has a life of its own because yeah. he was operating on a person that had cancer in one leg and it moved and got in the other one. Wow. While he's doing the surgery, running like a rat in a hole. Isn't that something? That is. So I think we're going to have to take authority over disease. He says, no evil disease will I put upon you. That's right. And so we've got to, instead of just taking, I, I, I think sometimes we're way too a casual with our words. That's you right. go to the doctor now, and the, one of the first questions the doctor will ask you, does this run in your family? Don't be an idiot and go, yeah. No, you're in a whole new family. That's good, Bob. Don't open yourself up to that. Say, No. Colossians 1.13 says you're out of the family of darkness. You're in another family. Yeah. So don't okay it. And one thing, if you'll notice, not watch almost every pharmaceutical advertisement on TV, on, on TV they'll call their disease. My arthritis. My, it, it's not yours. It's an invasion. Don't own it. You see what we're saying? Absolutely. Don't, don't take it as yours. It, it's an invader. And, and, and so you'll hear them say, well, uh, they own it. You know, don't, don't do that. You know, uh, Bob Jones one time said, a person's fo- a foolish if he doesn't use every mechanism God has given him to get delivered. You know, So I'm not against medicine, but I'm against where uh, uh, people think there's no, there, there's nothing impossible with God. That's right. And when that's people right. give up on him, that's when God can step in. That's right. That, a man brought a, a woman to me, and oh my goodness, 
I'd, I'd never seen anything like it, to be honest with you. And the guy that brought the woman was a doctor himself, and it's his wife. And she, she, she had lost her mind and couldn't keep her tongue in her mouth. And her body was just uh, just like a limp, uh, didn't look, uh, had no life to it at all. And he told me in a meeting, he said, the Lord told me if I'd bring my wife here that uh, he would use you to cure her. And I thought, oh, Lord, what? Because she, she was just incoherent, couldn't keep her tongue in her mouth. It hung out like a, a hot a dog. And so I said, Lord, what will you do with this woman? He said, I want you to pick her up and dance with her like a child around a merry-go-round. And I thought, oh, Lord. And so I, I, I picked her up, and she was just like a rag doll. I drug her. I just picked her up off the front, and I drug her around like this. And we make four or five circles. And it seemed like we were spinning so fast, like on a carousel. But I'm just dragging her. And all of a sudden, we, I don't have any rounds. We made like this. The next thing I know, she, she's just like that. She quoted all of her children's birthday, quoted their, her driver's license. Wow. And was totally sane, just like wow. that. Wow, come on, and come on, see, come on. You can't figure That's that awesome. out. That's you can't right. figure That's it out. That's right. That's right. See? And I don't know all about what we've got to do now. Now, here's something that boggled my mind. They brought a man to me that had brain cancer. That's what they said. They showed me the x-rays. They had the doctor's reports. And they brought him there to the ministry we were doing. And so they wanted me to pray for him. So I said, okay. So I stand up there and I lift my hand up just like this to touch him. I'm about this far from him. And the Lord said to me, what are you doing? I said, I'm praying for this man that has cancer. And the Lord said to me, who's told you he has cancer? I said, his family and this doctor's report. Wow. And here's what the Lord said. He said, he does not have cancer, but if you pray for him, he'll get it. Wow, Bobby. Now, listen to me now. We better watch out. That's right. He said, he does not have cancer, but if you pray for him, he'll get it. I said, okay, what does he have? And here's what the Lord said. He says, he has a mineral deficiency in his body, and there's an infection in the back of his brain stem. He said, tell him to go home and start eating massive amounts of a certain kind of cereal, and it'll replenish the mineral there, and everything will be all right. Wow. So that's what I told him. His family got fat and mad. I mean, absolutely spitting mad because I wouldn't pray for him. But this guy believed me, and wow. he goes home, starts eating massive amounts, and was totally healed. Wow, wow, now, wow. That's see, awesome. That is so awesome. We better get our direction from God. That's right. Let me warn the church. Be led One other in the spirit. thing. Yeah. One other thing. Witches have learned. See, the devil can't cast the devil out of the devil. And so witches will come to a church, a spirit-filled good church, and use good believing believers to cast the demons out of them and turn around and invite seven back. So they're using the church to get a seven-point upgrade. See, Satan can't cast out Satan. Remember the story when the house was cleaned and garnished and wasn't filled with the Spirit? The demons go out, pick out seven worse, and come back. So what we got to do in church when people come in wanting to be delivered, we got to discern, is this genuine or is this the demons trying to get an upgrade? Wow. Isn't that wow. something? That is. We've got to watch is. it. Look out. All right. Now. Well, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. That one. All Let's right. Take, take a I break. Did, I didn't want to do you it. You guys doing good? Look at these. Oh, gee. These are nice, yeah, aren't they? What'd you get? Which one? I don't know. It's got something on top of it, and it's a. Uh... Oh, boy. Is that nice? Mm-hmm. It looks right. good. If some puppy will get that, actually. <laughs> that's the crumbs off the master's table. Remember yeah, that? yeah. Even the little children get to eat from the crumbs. Yeah, that's right. Boy, how would you like to have been that, wo- how would you like to have been that woman? She came to Jesus because her baby was sick. And he said, uh, it's, it's not right to give the children's bread to dogs. This modern-day culture, she'd say, you can take this and that's shove right. it. That's right. That's right. Isn't that right? Yeah. That, that's the most crude answer I've ever seen. It's not right to give the children's bread to dogs. Right. And she said, yes, Master, but even the little puppies get to eat from crumbs. And Jesus said, I've not found greater faith than this. Mm. 
Isn't that crazy? That is. That Boy, is. I like that. that. I hope we've got enough sense to do something like that. That's when right. Things don't seem like it's going our way. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Really good. Life. I could share one of these with the people, but yeah. You want to take another? Yeah. Right. Which one do you think? Look. That's not a knife. That's not a knife. Yeah. <laughs> I should have been a brain surgeon. <laughs> oh, goodness. Did you, me and my brother got in a knife out. You see it wound yeah, up there? Yeah, want to share these? This is like, does like Oprah do this kind of stuff? Like, like feed, feed. Yeah, and then, she, then she's running WW. Yeah, that's Passing right. out candy and running WW. Right. You see that thing right there? That almost died. See that scar? Yeah. Me and her brother got in a knife out and he's trying to stab him in the chest with a knife now. <laughs> And it cut that artery there. Oh, and, Bobby. Yeah. And we sat there and blood's going all the way up to my mama's roof. And nobody had enough sense to put a water tourniquet. Uh, yeah. So I, I got really pale and fell out. And Passed crazy? out from, yeah. from, from yeah. Blood, blood loss. loss. Yeah. <laughs> I grew up rough. I got two of these now since I fingered on them, you know. Yeah. That's a horrible story. Oh, man. Goodness. Just like, <laughs> Yeah, I hit my brother and hit the hammer and stuck a hammer in his head, hanging out of his head. Like <laughs> now, that's right. I'm, listen, I grew <laughs> that would have been a great reality show. I, where was Can you imagine TV? that? Yeah. Shot my brother, hit him in the head with the hammer. It's pretty wild. Oh, my goodness. Blew him up. You blew your brother up. I did, him and my cousin both. How'd you blow him up? Oh, they was, we, well, you want to know? <laughs> yeah, I do. We'd, stole, we'd uh, got a truck, like an ice cream truck, <laughs> rolled it over in a big ditch. What do you mean you got an ice cream truck? Thank you. Yes. <laughs> we commandeered an ice cream truck. <laughs> Rolled it over in a big ditch, covered it up with a backhoe, and we put a lava lamp in it and a smokestack, and your underground, it was an underground love shack, just to be quite honest. <laughs> an underground love shack. Bean bags, lava lamp, underground. <laughs> underground. So anyway, we had this smokestack where we wouldn't suffocate, and, you, and it's insulated, and so anyway. It's like your fort. Yeah, my cousin, yeah, it was a fort, okay. My cousin, my brother, was down there. So I go and knock on the door, and they go, No! I knocked on the door. No. Back then they had MD-80s. They, they all outlawed them. They blow your arm off. Yeah. It was a, uh, uh, a big old firecracker. I had two of them. So I crawled up on top of the bunker. And I let both of them drop them in the bunker. It, it moved the earth. Boom, boom. They threw the door open. They're running. Blood's coming out of every hole they got. Eyes, ears. And the doctor said it's a miracle you didn't kill them. But, you know, boy, the next time I rattled the door, they'd wide open, man. Listen. <laughs> What like at, when, what did what did you did you think that was funny when they were running out? Where you're like, ha, ah, like yeah, <laughs> they, they shouldn't let me in, you know. They had it coming. They had it coming. Oh man. Oh my goodness. Pretty crazy. Uh, yeah. My brother could whip me with his fist anytime he wanted to. Yes, uh, and uh, wow. So we was building my mother a porch, and uh, I, I might have lipped off, you know, a little or something. And he swung me around. He was going to whack me with the left hand, and I had a hammer, and I go, well, you know, I got a hammer. I went, wham! And this is what the doctor said. He said, it's a miracle. I, I hit him right here. That's where the sinuses are. And the hammerhead went into the sinus hole here, and the handle's hanging out this way. Yeah, yeah, and he's unconscious. And he said, if you'd hit him here, you'd heal him. If you hit him here, you'd heal him. He said, you hit him in the only place it wouldn't kill him. The rest of his life, he had a half moon where the hammerhead went in. Oh, wow, 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 yeah. wow, wow. Uh, There he is laying there. My mother runs to the door, and she goes, well, she screamed, you've killed him. I said, shut up. I know that. You know, but anyway, it didn't kill him. <laughs> so I don't know, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. What was your mom like? I mean, oh, bless her heart. You were talking to me a little bit about her uh, today. Yeah, she, I, she, I can't she, imagine being the mom yeah. of Bobby Connor. I mean, she used to. She, your poor mom. Yeah. <laughs> she, me and my brother were really big, and I had no dad to yeah. discipline us. So one time, my uncle, my mother was going to. She got my drunk uncle to come down to whip me, and I'm not going to take away by my drunk uncle. So I knocked him out, knocked his false teeth out of his mouth, knocked him unconscious, and his false teeth run under the couch. Yeah, yeah. So my mother's trying to get his get his teeth out from the couch with a mop panel. But anyway. That backfired. Yeah. Me, me and my brother grew up rough. Mom would try to whip us, so we'd pick her up, turn her upside down, and pitch her back and forth. You know. She'd just scream and holler and get red, and we'd turn we'd set her down and turn around and let her whip us just so her blood pressure would go down. Oh wow. Oh yeah. She was really you'd something. Play catch with your mom. Yeah. God raised her from the dead twice. Wow. That's not bad, is it? Yeah, yeah. What was that like? Oh wonderful. It was. Yeah. It really happened. We were in. Uh, I was in a coliseum preaching. Me and Carolyn and a big bunch of people. And I had a guy that helped me, uh, like Christopher. His name was Joe Devilla. And I looked over there where the cars drive out of the Civic Center. And Joe was there. And he was he was motioning. I said, "Come here, Joe. I'm preaching to the whole bunch of people." And Joe comes out and hands me a note. It says, "Your mother's been carried to a hospital. She's critically ill. Doctor says she'll be dead if you don't come now." So I said, "Lord, what do you want me to do?" He said, "I want you to finish this meeting." So we finished the meeting. Carolyn and I get in the car. My wife and I get in the car. Drive two cities over to where uh, the hospital is. And we get there, and we park the car, and we're going into the intensive care unit and a doctor comes out of the out of the door with my sister and so help me this is the first thing the doctor said to me well you're too late your mother's dead didn't say bobby we did everything we could well you're too late your mother's dead so i take my sister i'm trying to comfort her we step inside the room and over there about i guess 30 feet away is my mother on a gurney wow and the doctor said i've been there uh, less than a minute the doctor said she has respiratory but that's not her breathing that's the machine because she's dead Wow. Then he said, she has a pulmonary, but that's not her heart beating. That's the machine because she's dead. Three times he's told me she's dead. He said, what you're going to do is leave her on the machine a couple of hours. That'll give you time to contact the morgue to deal with the body. That's wow. what he said. Wow, wow. I said to him, that's what you say. Let's see what Jesus will say. Wow. And I said, I pray the perfect will of God be done with my mother. When I said that, she started vibrating like this off up and down off the gurney scared the spit out of the doctor put me and my sister outside wouldn't let us go back in the room till the next morning i think it was we we could go in at eight eight o'clock or ten o'clock whichever it was and we go in my mother sitting up on the gurney she took herself off took herself off the life support pulled the tubes out of her mouth jerked the wires out and the doctor came in and said go home just like that that is awesome that is awesome That is awesome. I love that. You should have heard my mother talk about life after death. Really? Yeah, she had never read any of those books. It was a, she punched me on the arm. She said, Bobby, I was not one bit afraid. One moment I was here, the next moment I was with Christ. Said, we went up a tunnel of light. Said, we got in a room that was not a room, but it's a room full of light. Said, there was windows with curtains, but not curtains like we know. She said, everything was alive and moving. He said, she said, the Lord said, do you want to see out? And she said, yes, Lord. He said, she said, he ran his arm through the curtain and pulled back the curtains like that. She said, Bobby, I could see forever and said, everything there was moving and alive and sounding praises to God. And he said, the Lord looked at her and said, the next time you come, you get to stay. Wham. And she was back. Wow. Isn't that crazy? That is. It's that amazing. is. That's beautiful. I That's in, amazing. I was in Vienna, Austria. Got to the flat where I was staying at 2 a.m. in the morning after this. And I'm sitting down on the side of the bed to pull my cowboy boots off. And the Lord appeared to me and said, I don't want you to go to sleep. I said, Lord, I'm tired. He said, I don't want you to go to sleep right now because I'm carrying your mother home to be with me. And that's, that's when she died and stayed dead. Wow. Lord visited with wow. me and said, it's my will to keep her the second time. But your prayers overrode my will. Really? That's exactly right. Wow. 
Wow. Yeah. Wow. It was my will to keep her the second time, but your prayers overrode my will. That's what Jesus told me. Yeah. So isn't that crazy? Yeah. Uh, Bob, like, your story is just so like extraordinary from, from your birth all the way up to, I mean, just your, your life. And has the Lord ever shown you anything as far as like a, a great grandparent or, or some sort of legacy or some sort of... That's what like, I asked my sister. See, I never knew my dad. Yeah. My dad died in a mental institution from a venereal disease. Wow. So I asked my sister, I said, do you know, because my brother preached, right. my sister married a preacher, and see, we grew up rough, man. I grew up in trouble, boy. And so I asked my sister, I said, do you know anything that could have, uh, any gate that could have opened to a... And she said, "My, our daddy had a sister that was a Pentecostal woman. And my sister was, uh, she was old enough to remember this. She said one time we was all out in the yard and said, this woman gets out of the car and says, why, Julia, that's my mother's name. Why, Julia, these children have a gift on them. And started praying in tongues. That's what my sister says. You know, and I was too little to know anything about it. Wow. But that could have been the moment that God was sowing those seed in. Absolutely. But pretty wild. Yeah, setting things up. Yeah. Yeah, that's incredible. But uh, I'll tell you what, uh, the, there's a verse in the Bible. Uh, I told you I've been preaching 50 years. Mm-hmm. And so I was waiting before God, just thanking Him for all that we've seen. And He said to me, you ain't seen nothing yet. And there's a verse in the Bible that says, all that we have seen up until now is but the mere fringes of His force. All that we've heard up until now is but the faintest whisper of his voice. That's in the Bible. Wow. Wow. We ain't seen nothing yet. That's right, Bobby. That's right. That's what he said. He he said, all that we've seen up until now is but the outskirts of his doings. One says the fringes of his force. Then it says, all that we've heard, Azusa Street, all of that. All that we've heard is but the faintest whisper of his voice. Wow. The next verse says, who can contemplate when he roars? Yeah. I'd say, we better yeah. get ready. We ain't seen nothing yet. That's right. That's right. Now, Bobby, 76. Yeah. Years, that, 76 years. That's I'll incredible. Be 70, when you said that the other day, I said, no. I, I'll be I, 77 this year, in November. You'll be 77 this year? 77 this Bobby, year. Bobby, that, that's like, you've got, you're, you've got just this abundant life I thing. I use that superhuman energy, man. Yeah, Good Lord. I'll say, like, it's, it's, yeah. it's amazing. And, and, and what, what's your doctor saying about you? The doctor says, I have the inward workings of a fine home athlete. I have it signed and documented. I was in Russia and uh, in Germany, Germany, and I, I said you can control your uh, your heart rate and everything with your your mind. And they said, I said y'all don't believe me. And they go nine. I said, well, pick out. You five. were telling them this. Yeah, you uh, can control yeah, your heart rate. Yeah. And I said, uh, pick out five of the preachers that you trust and carry me to the hospital. I'll prove it to you. So they picked out five preachers. We're in a preacher's meeting in Germany. They carried me to the hospital uh, with uh, a guy named Bud Mater. With, you went to with, the hospital to do this, yeah, to, like to, a, prove a, to do this experiment. Yeah, uh-huh. with them. So they put me on a machine. I said, "Watch this. I make my heart beat seventy-two beats a minute, which is about normal." Yeah. And so uh, the, the little machine goes and spit out a thing that said seventy-two beats a minute. That, but that didn't impress them because that's about normal. So I said, "Oh, I'll tell you what I'll do now. I'll drop my heart rate down to forty-two beats a minute. That's a little bit above a coma." So the, they plug the machine back in. It goes, da, 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 spit out the tape. I didn't even look at it. Just pull it up, held it up, and they go, hustle! <laughs> 42 beats a minute. That's incredible. Yeah, see, I'm telling you. That's incredible. you got to understand, uh, there's a spirit man in here that's bigger than your body. See, we're a triotomy. You know, we're a body and a soul and a spirit. Yes. And what we do, we let our, our, we let our soul and, and our body dictate our spirit instead of the other way around. So what do we do? What do we do? Like, because you talked about healing, which is awesome. But what do we do to prevent sickness and disease what do we do just to to, to do what you're doing I mean, to, okay i'll give you a secret and and i hope you'll share it with these people there there's a, a pattern you can follow to lengthen your life and it's daily communion 
Daily communion. Remember what the Bible says? If you take communion incorrectly, you get sick, weak, and die. That's yeah. what the Bible says. Yeah. Yeah. If you take communion not correctly, you get sick, weak, and die. That's right. That's Any right. negative has a positive. That's right. So if you take communion correctly, you have longevity, rejuvenation, and long life. See? So take daily communion. Now, we know this. You can eat all the bread in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Drink all the wine in Seattle yep. and fall over dead. Yep. Because yep. it's not in the bread, it's not in the wine, it's in the presence. Wow, Bobby, it's good. In his presence, it's fullness of joy. A merry heart goes good like a medicine. And we've got to start having daily communion. And you can have communion with a cracker and with some water as long as you're focusing on the Lord. Yeah. And that, that's what happened. Look at Moses. Moses got in the presence of God and God had to snuff him. It says Moses, when he died, his natural faces was not abated, neither was his eyes dim. See, he got in the presence, the presence got into him, and there's longevity. So daily communion will help you. Yeah, that is so good. Just coming into his presence yeah, daily yeah. and acknowledging his body yeah, and his, that's and his exactly blood right. that was shed. Yeah. So any negative has a positive, and that positive is longevity, rejuvenation. Yeah, well, whatever you're doing, that's what I want to do. I'm mean, telling you what, it's amazing, honestly. Yeah. Uh, the Lord said, start announcing that you have the inward workings of a fine-honed athlete. And I go, oh, boy, uh, that, that's something. Anyway, so uh, I'd start telling people, they'd look at me like, oh, man. So the Lord said, I want you to go to a doctor and uh, uh, get him to prove what you're saying is correct. So I go into a, a, a place in uh, Texas, and this is a famous doctor that uh, I go into. I'd never met him. He's sitting there, and I go in bossy. And I said to him, in the order, in, in ordering him, really, I said, I want you to take out your uh, letterhead, and I want you to write down what I tell you. And he took out his letterhead, and I said, I want you to write down Bobby Connor has the inner workings of a fine home athlete, and I want you to date it and sign it. And I heard what he thought. Here's what he thought. Sure, fat boy, psychiatric wards on the second floor. That's what he thought. So I told him what he thought scared the crud out of him. Yeah, it, it, I mean, he shook. Yeah, right, right. But he, he did it. He yeah. scared. He wrote, Bobby Connors entered work as a fine-honed athlete. And so I, I said, now what I want you to do is check me in your hospital and prove what you wrote is true. Oh, man. Now he's mad. Yeah. Checks me in the hospital. Good gracious. Taped my mouth shut, put tubes in me, weighed me in water, took out blood, did all the workups. Took him three days to do that. Now he said, it's going to take seven days to get back the reports. I thought, okay. So I, I'm, I'm waiting on, I get a call and uh, I go back up there and he's sitting at his desk. He's white as a sheet and blue around the mouth and he's shaking. He said, you're not going to believe it. Your reports came back. And he said, I did all the triathlon athletes that were preparing for the Olympics. I did all of their workups. And yours supersedes anything, anything they've got. So That's I have incredible. it documented. That's that incredible. That's incredible. I had a guy look in me and he said, he said, I've never seen this before. I said, what is it? He said, your insides is the insides of a 17-year-old. You know, they, that my wife made one of those tests you're supposed to take when you're past 50. Hug out now. I got in once, and she said, I've made you an appointment. I said, hair? No. Dental? No. It was one of them. Yeah, one of them. Yeah. You, yeah. you ought to be. Let yeah. me tell you about that. I, I don't yeah, talk, I, I haven't, we, we I haven't don't, gotten there yet. I don't talk about it a lot, but this is all true. Don't lie I'm in start, church. I'm starting to sweat. You don't know. lie in church. Now, here's what happened. So my wife, my wife said, no, you're going to go take this test. Yeah. So I go up there, and it's a young guy. And he's young. The doctor looked young. Yeah. And I said to him, hey, your mama know you're here? That's what I said to the doctor. <laughs> hey, your mama know you're here? He looks so young. And so I got off on a bad foot with him. <laughs> so anyway, 
He said, now, here's what we're going to do, Reverend Connor. We're going to uh, put an IV in you, and we're going to put you to sleep, and then we're going to insert, and we're going to examine. I said, I said nope, we're not going to do that. I said, I don't uh, take medication. I don't uh, allow people. I don't, I don't go to sleep. Yeah. He said, no. I said, uh, this is painful. We have to do it. I said, we can't do it then. because You don't do anesthesia. No, I said, I'm not yeah. going to do it. Yeah. And he said, you can't do it. I said, well, you can't do it. Yeah. Because I am not going to do it. He said, he said, he said, you're serious. I said, don't I look serious? He said, he said, okay. And he said, but could I at least put a stent in here in case it's so painful I can do it quickly? I said, you can put the stent, but no, nothing in it. Yeah. So he puts the stent in and we go in. Now, the reason I wanted to do this, I wanted to stay awake because I, I was studying Psalms 139 where it says we're knit together in the secret place. And I wanted to see about how we were knit together. Yeah. And so there, it was a wildest thing. This, this you wanted guy, to go on the journey too. I did. I yeah, did. Honest, yeah. This is all true. I'm wide awake. <laughs> and so the guy comes in with a mask. It's a rubber. Come It's wild. He comes in with his mask and his rubber gloves. And he goes, Are you okay? Are you okay? I, it's the craziest thing. I go, Knock yourself out. You know. And anyway, uh, it, it, yeah, there I am on Technicolor. You can see, you can see me inside out, man. 3D glasses. Yeah, oh, it's crazy. I'm, I'm watching this. And every second he's going, are you okay? I said, I am fine. He said, you're not hurting. And you don't have to take pain. You can set your mind up and not take pain. Wow, boy. I'm, I'm telling yeah. you. Uh, it, there really is a place you can get where you're painless. Wow. This is true. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, that, that there, and he's he, he realized then that I it wasn't really hurting. He said, "Man, he said, uh, I, I, he said, I'll give you the whole tour." I said, "Let's do it." And he I'll goes give you the up, whole tour. Yeah, he goes up to you all now the, on the left. You'll all, see. Yeah, yeah. That's true now. Yeah. And see, we're wonderfully and fearfully made. All of your intestines, they're, they're, they're equipped with certain types of muscles. Some separate this, some separates that. Some lets little openings come for certain chemicals to come in and out. It's, wow. a, it's the wow. most unique thing where we're joined together uh, meticulously out of, out of the wow. book of, of Psalms. And anyway, uh, he said, you're not her. I said, no. He said, we'll take the full journey. Here's what he said. He said, I'm going to go on up. He said, oh, He's like, we don't uh, usually go this far. That's right. That's what he said. We're going to boldly go. Yeah. Nobody's <laughs> gone before. And here's what he said. He said, now, I'm going to go on up, and there's a fatty flap. I said, don't use that word, fatty flap. He said, there's a fatty flap there. He said, I'm going to manipulate it, and I'll be in your stomach. And you can see it. You oh, know, wow. You can, you can see the camera. I mean, there's a Sony in there going, oh, you know, and it gets up there and it looks through my stomach. It's pretty wild. It's a wild At story. that point, it was worth it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because see, I could see, and I, that's what I was, I was studying about us being wonderfully and fearfully made. But anyway, that's incredible. so finally he pulls all this stuff out. And here's, here's the same thing. He said, I've done uh, uh, thousands of these. He said, I've never seen anything like it in my life. He said, the insides of you looks like a teenager's. That's same incredible. thing the doctor said. That's incredible. That's pretty wild. That yeah, is. Yeah. See, all yeah. of these are true stories. Yeah, especially considering all the stuff that you've... you've yeah, I cut it, myself wide open with a saw when all my guts fell out on the floor. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah, well, you were saying today you used to drink like shoe polish. Shoe, shoe polish, glue, sniff glue, gasoline, pour shoe polish. Shaving cream? Yeah. No, pour, I, you put a piece of... Well, you put a piece of light, <laughs> put a piece of light bread down and pour shoe polish through and it'll catch the dye and let the alcohol fall in. I, oh, man, I... Did. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a little edifying thing there. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, we grew up rough like that. Wow. But isn't that crazy? That is. That is. Wonderfully and fearfully made. You just it either yeah. preserved you or just completely yeah. restored you. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's pretty amazing. And don't buy into uh, 
that you get old, you've got to lose your mind. You don't know if you're bowling or bingo. Amen. It says, God did not give us a spirit of fear, but love, power, and a sound mind. I don't know why we think we've got to get a certain age and we just go, hey, uh, Listen, God wants to give you a sound mind. The word sound mind means a mind that can catalog and retain facts. Wow. Wow. But I've rattled a lot, so we don't get yeah. to ask much questions. Uh, around me, you lose your breath, you'll lose your turn. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> I get paid to talk, so that's why I talk. Yeah. <laughs> now, hey, we're in Seattle, and, and uh, Seattle's really starting to innovate, innovate and it's pioneering some amazing places in uh, yeah. technology. And, and um, you and Bob, like you guys were pioneers in places of technology. I mean, even the, the story that you were just telling recently about yeah. um, how Bob saw, t- told uh, Mike Bickle yeah. about everybody these little he said, my, he said, one of your greatest audiences is going to be uh, Asian people walking around the field watching you on a handheld television. See, that was before cell phones. And one of the largest uh, audiences Mike Bickle has is in uh, China, uh, watching him on the... Is that incredible? Isn't that, isn't that yeah, crazy? he saw that whole thing playing out. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's really amazing. You can... What, what other, so what, what stuff have you seen as far as technology goes? And saw, as far as like what stuff is inspiring you, but yeah. what stuff are you seeing also yeah. where you're thinking that's, that's not good at all? Yeah, uh, I saw fiber optics before I knew what it was. Wow. And uh, I saw voices traveling down little th- strands as small as a... And I said, look there, I see voices traveling down. It's pretty crazy. And uh, uh, I got in trouble with the U.S. government not long ago. I saw that there, there's a weapon being made with sounds and vibrations and uh, sonic sounds and vibrations. And you can shoot the tail end off a plane. You can melt somebody's brain. And uh, I said it in a meeting. And so I met with some guys in blue suits. And they go, where'd you get this information? I said, I got it in a trance from God. They said, no, where'd you get this? Wow. And, and it was a, 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 one of the secret weapons that had been made. And uh, China's ahead of us on it, honestly. Wow. Yeah. Wow. But, uh, China's been waging an economic war on us for years and winning. Right. But uh, Trump is turning some of that around. Yeah. The Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Come on. So pretty wild. If you get the shepherd jot and look at them in years past, you can find what I said in the shepherd jot. And if you listen to the news, they'll say the same thing. Yeah. For this one, 2019, the one that's out there on the table, uh, I said they're going to discover things in deep space. Mm-hmm. Did that happen? Right. Yes. Just, just, yeah. just a few weeks ago, they found what? A black hole, they call it. Yeah. And so if you'll listen, because anything God's going to do, he'll tell the prophets. And That's then, right. Uh, isn't it uh, Jeremiah twenty three eighteen? Mm-hmm. It says, who has stood in my counsel to hear my word? And that's what we've got to do. We've got to get in the counsel of God and hear what he's saying and then repeat that to the people. And yeah. So that's what we've got to do. How about, I remember reading uh, your shepherd's rod, this is a few years back, and there, there was a warning in there about artificial intelligence. Yeah. Well, did, that, did you have some sort of, was that based out of, off of like an encounter, or was yes, it just... The, remember when they went, remember when they let artificial intelligence play the leading Czech, uh, chess player in the world? Yeah. And the artificial intelligence won. And the Lord said to me, how long are you going to let artificial intelligence go unchallenged? I said, I didn't, I didn't know it was a threat. He said, if we continue with it like it is, artificial intelligence will choose who lives and dies. And so they crunch all the numbers and they would say, well, this guy's old. There's no sense spending any more money on him. No more Medicaid. You know, isn't that something? So a computer is very wise, but has no soul, has no no, uh, concept of good and evil. So we have to do that. One time I'm, I'm a. I'm in Texas, and the Lord said, I want you to go to Kyoto, Japan. I said, why? He said, I want you to confront cloning. That was really? where, that's where the head cloning was. Yeah, yeah. And he said, it's an antichrist spirit, people trying to recreate themselves. Wow. So I go to Kyoto, and I'm walking down a, a, a side of a river with the guy that the head cl- clone guy, a cloner, and he's an Asian fellow. 
And I said, I'm here to tell you to back away from this. It's an antichrist spirit. He said, do you know how many billions of dollars this is? I said, I can't have it. I'm here to warn you. And he backed up. And I said, to prove it's true, hold your hands out and they'll turn purple. I've got pictures of him. His hands turned as purple as anything you've ever seen wow, in your life. Wow, and wow, wow. So then he backed away from it. But it's people trying to recreate themselves. That's what the cloning is, you know, trying yeah. to. And some of this stuff seems very uh, just anti-human, actually, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, anti-creation. Yeah. But it's being created by, by humans. Yeah. Is, so do you think that there's some sort of, like, uh, demonic assignment to release technology? Yeah. Look, at, look at most of the movies now. Uh, it's, uh, it's all these created creatures fighting against us, trying to annihilate us and all right, that right. kind of stuff. And uh, I, th- I think there's a lot of uh, messages going out that uh, it, what it does, it desensitizes people to the reality, you know, and nearly everything. The, our, our whole culture is fascinated with the supernatural, just not the supernatural at church. That's right. Look at the movies, you know. That's right. And then, That's right. then they'll have a, elders will have a meeting over the Holy Ghost movie, you know. That's right. And, and you look at the movies. Uh, it's crazy, isn't it? But what we've got to do, we've got to let them see the real supernatural. And uh, the largest read book in America among children is Harry Potter. Harry Potter, yeah. And that's it's a huge. shame, isn't it's it? Huge. If we would operate under the gifts of the Holy Ghost in church, that would outshine anything they can do in uh, Disney World or wherever that's at. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it really is. I read the Bible. It said, I don't even suffer a witch to live, let alone put them in the Fortune 500 club. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's right. That's the gal that wrote the Harry Potter books. Yeah, that's right. That's okay. right. Okay. Well, hey, there we go. Yeah, this is you, nice. Did you try did you try that one? I hadn't yet. I'm letting this one yeah. satiate. Yeah. You could uh, dip it in your, um, gee, in your juice there. Looky there. Personal life. Yeah. I want people, to, I want people <laughs> to start having fun. Yeah. See, uh, we operate as a prophet around the body of Christ. Yeah. And see, I'm breaking this. I'm breaking the stereotype of a prophet. That's right. Most people think a prophet's got to be judgmental. He's got to have a finger about eight inches long and big old bushy eyebrows and just look for some sinner. Nah, we need to just chill out and listen. Yeah, uh, I'm telling you, uh, it's pretty wild. I, I got to looking at the Old Testament prophets. Mm-hmm. Good Lord, you ought to study about some of their lives. Nobody would want to go camping with Ezekiel and him being cook. Remember, he was told he was told to cook with his own poop. That's in the Bible. Isn't that so? Look out now. (laughs) Yeah, but see. Oh look! uh, You look. Oh, look out now! (laughs) This is maple bars. I thought I heard angels. That's right. You know, there's manna. How much of this? Just let's just. I'll just take a little bit. Christopher will have the rest. He rides. He rides bicycles all over. I mean, long ways. You know, I'm not going down the driveway hardly. And he, he's going miles. Good Lord. There we go. Is that she, big enough? Oh, that's wonderful. I feel, you know. Christopher, you want, you want some of this? What do you say? What, what are some of the fancy words when they start to eat? I, I don't know. What's something fancy that you say when you're... When I you're... don't know. Vulnerable yeah. deep. <laughs> that's what they say. Yeah. See? There, yeah. See? Yeah. Yeah. Did I tell you, me and, me and Rick Joyner went to deep. France to eat? <laughs> And we were in, in a real fancy place, and there's a lady there standing with a scarf on her hand. And anytime I'd move a silverware, she'd come move it back. I told her, girl, chill out. You know, 
And we, I never seen so much silverware in my life. Because you were breaking protocol. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. See, I, I didn't know there's a fish spoon. And listen, we just wear out whatever they bring us, you know. And, you know, and me and Rick, we was just having a time. Oh, Lord. They come out there and set the desserts on fire. <laughs> you know? I like that. Yeah. Those banana. Yeah. Those bananas, they light them on fire. I don't know what they are. <laughs> I, I, don't, I can't read the different menus, and so I was in Germany once, and I tried to read the menus, and it's all German, so I thought I'll outsmart him, and the waitress came by with a big old platter of meat, and I go, I'm having that, and he goes, well, so, yeah, and it was pig knuckle, wasn't any meat, it was just a pig, and I go, no, I ain't having that, but see, yeah, I thought it'd be a big hunk of meat, but it was just, you didn't eat it, you nah, sent it back, it's a pig it's a pig foot. <laughs> yeah. Where do you start? Right? Yeah, good. Uh, yeah, 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 good grace. See if you're real prophetic, you'd know. You yeah, know. that's right. Don't, don't eat this. That's pig foot. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I kind of like this where we talk a while and snack a while. Yeah, it's good. Did you, you try it? I hadn't yet. I, I better. I, this, is, this isn't from our, our special place, Bobby. This is from... A different special. Look, it's got got, the bacon. They, and, they wasn't a guy on the street. And goes, yeah, you well, look like at the this. size of this. Yeah. Look at oh, this. Oh man, about the about the size of a. You hold it to the camera. Look at that. Look at there. Part of it's missing. This is how to, this is how to have a conversation. Yeah. This is good, you know. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, you know. A well-fed prophet is a happy prophet. That's right. Right. right? That's, that's right. The, yeah. They say the way to a man's heart is something. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. That's <Yeah>. right. <laughs> Christopher, you want some of this? Thing. Yeah, come here. Yeah. You should take a bite. It's it's pretty nice. Get this with the crumbly gonna... bacon on it. Oh yeah. Here. <laughs> take that down and, and share that with everybody. We do feel kind of odd eating in front of all the guests. Yeah, so, yeah I didn't think about that originally. Can you multiply the, yeah. the loaves here? Yeah. <laughs> we could. We could say, Lord, yeah. multiply this. Hold up the maple bar. <laughs> they go, well, we'd have plenty if you quit eating. <laughs> oh, my goodness. What a time to be alive. Yeah, it is. I quoted a verse on the way in here to a gentleman. Uh, Psalms 118, verse 23 says, This is the day the Lord has made. I am going to rejoice and be glad in it. We've got to understand that verse. This is the day the Lord has made. I am going to rejoice and be glad in it. I put emphasis on it because all the money in the whole world stacked together cannot buy one second of yesterday. It's gone. And the Bible says, boast not yourself of tomorrow. You have no comprehension of what one day will bring. This is the day. We have got to learn how to live in the present. That's right. That's and so right. we've got to learn how to maximize the moments. Yeah. And yeah. So yeah. That's why each day is a new opportunity to display the power of God and so this year is going to be pretty interesting. Uh, Biden just announced that he's going to be running. And, um, and you can see Donald Trump, he's, he's pretty excited about it. I mean, it looks like he's pretty excited. I haven't be? seen Donald this happy in a long time. Like when he was, you know, and I was like, look, it's time. We're, we're about to go into election season. Yeah. The best thing in the world to help him, help him is just let Nancy Pelosi keep talking. <laughs> yeah. 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 If Donald doesn't talk and Pelosi talks, yeah, just, he, it'll just listen, be true. That's a win-win. Yeah. That's, that's getting shot in both feet. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm telling you guys, uh, I, I, I'm deeply concerned about uh, America's pulse, you know. Yeah, yeah, I, w- I want to ask you, because on one hand, it's incredible to see um, how far right almost the country, I mean, yeah. the, the conversations that we're having right now, I, I never thought we would oh, be yeah. having these conversations as a, as a country in a positive mm-hmm. way, yeah. and it's, and, uh, 
I'm concerned that after a certain point, we could see it swing really far um, to the left as far as that swinging pendulum kind of, kind of yeah. a thing. And at the same time, it almost seems like um, the church, because of our desire to love people yeah. and to reach people, um, that, uh, that we don't know how to have these conversations yeah. regarding the politics. We want to be honoring of all people, yeah. but in the political scene, it's so dishonoring. It's so yeah. cutthroat yeah. that oftentimes as a pastor, I don't want to engage in this because I know how polarizing yeah. it can be yeah. in a, in, yeah. in, in, to a congregation. We've got to run into it and not from it. If we don't stand it for truth and righteousness and justice, nobody is. And it's up to us to do it. And God is a God of justice. That's what he says. And there's a great verse in the book of Daniel that says, The evil forces ruled and raged until the Ancient of Days stood, dropped his gavel, and rendered a verdict in behalf of the saints of God. And so that's what we need. We need to have God drop his gavel and render a verdict. And you and I need to be calling that in. And we've got to call the things that are not like they should be and line them back up. Uh, we're, I don't think our country has ever been as uh, separated as it is now. But uh, uh, you, we're supposed to be able to stand in the midst of chaos and bring peace. And uh, that'll be pretty good. But it doesn't mean that we just keep our mouth shut. We've got to herald out what God is saying and be strong and bold about it. And uh, uh, Paul in the Bible, in the book of Acts, it says he would stand in the synagogues and reason with the people. And the word reason is a courtroom term. He used biblical argument to turn their minds towards the things of God. And so I think we need to do the same thing. But we, we, need, to have a, we need to have some argument with the people. You know, show, yeah, them, show them yeah. some things. And because uh, people need to be enlightened and we're supposed to be the ones that are having the answer. I, I released for the people a great promise that they wanted. Yeah. Isaiah 50 verse 4. Isaiah 50 verse 4 of God's Word says, I will give you the tongue of a taught one and you will know how to reply and respond to the people that ask you, how do we navigate these days? The tongue of a taught one. That's really good. We need Christians that can stand up intellectually with the tongue of a taught one and, and set out their argument in a winsome way. Isaiah 50 verse 4. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. And the message that you brought last mm-hmm. night was very convicting yeah. on our responsibility mm-hmm. to be um, praying for our leaders, yeah, for we, our kings. We have and, got to. And, and to know, do it daily. Yeah, we've got to do that. And uh, you re- if you read the Shepherd's Rod 2019 out there, I put that the, the, these uh, night, late night comics, yeah. they've crossed a line. It's, it's, it's not satire any longer, it's sacrilege. It's, yeah. it's, it's really against God to speak the way they're speaking against a, a God-ordained uh, leader. It's really wrong. But I don't know why we, the only way that they'll listen is to quit buying anything that sponsors them. That's the only thing that talks is, is money, you know. And so, we, you know, if, if they're going to talk like that, we need to just find somewhere else to shop. Wow. 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 That's really good. Uh, but it's, So we, we have a responsibility to, to pray. We have a responsibility to vote. Uh, we have a responsibility to be wise and to know how to communicate yeah. what, what we believe. But is, is there anything else, Bobby, that you would like to really see uh, uh, the church and leaders in the church and, and um, uh, begin to do in this time as we begin to approach yeah. this very, it's going to be a heated election. It's yeah. going to get crazy. Yeah. Uh, uh, how would you exhort the church in, the, in this season? I think we need to come up with a biblical template, you know, and, and show platforms for the far left, what they say, and then show what the Bible says. That we're supposed to take care of the most innocent, and there's nothing more helpless than a fetus, you know. And so we've got to show a biblical template so, and, and show it's, it's not right to murder innocent life, you know, and, and let alone light up New York and celebrate it. 
Isn't that something? Yeah, that's, there, that's There's doctors crazy. now that took a, a hip, with a Hippocratic oath, and now it, they say if a baby was going to be aborted and was born alive, it's okay to let it die. That's murder. That's right. That's right. Now, I, it's pretty strange, isn't it? But what, what, is, what is so hip, hypocritical is this. These people that will say, oh, save the whales will murder babies. Now, something's crazy there, isn't it? And they'll, they'll, I mean, they'll, they'll ride out in the streets to save an owl or a desert rat or something like that, and then they vote for abortion. Something's crazy there, isn't it? Yeah, it really and, is. But we've sat by silent. And just uh, one thing about the far left is they're militant. And they won't be quiet. And we, we go, oh, well, you know, uh, we don't want to cause any trouble. It's trouble. We've got to contend for the faith. That's right. And That's the Bible right. said we've got to earnestly contend for the faith. You can look it in every Greek you want to. It means fight to the last drop of blood. That's what it says. Yeah. It, yeah. It's a, it's a, there's a war on it. Yeah, it really is. They talk about a civil war happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, listen, uh, it's, it's pretty wild. Uh, I, 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 myself, I, I can't even comprehend how some of them are not in the penitentiary. Wow. Uh, Benghazi. Uh, yeah, right. That should right, put Hillary right, Clinton right, in the penitentiary. Right, right. Uh, uh, Fast and Furious should have put President Obama in the penitentiary. Mm. Gave some of our most lethal weapons to the drug cartel. They used them to kill our own people right now. The Fast and Furious, do y'all remember that? Oh, well, that was it. They, they came up with this whiz of an idea. Let's give them these really technical guns and we'll be able to track them. They never arrested a single one, but they've used those guns to kill our border people. Yeah. Now, that, that's, a, that's a faulty plan, don't you think? I think it could be a little bit deceptive when they want to check Donald Trump's IRS records when they sent a whole pallet full of cash and paid the people we're fighting. That's Obama. Yeah, right. Seeing that something's a lot, uh, something's wrong, don't you think? And uh, I'll tell you what, uh, I was really, really, really stunned uh, to see how gullible we can be. And uh, we're supposed to be one of the most enlightened generation. Yeah. But uh, uh, we got a whole nest of people that are in darkness. Yeah. And we we got to we got to shine. Yeah. And what did you think about the whole uh, the whole uh, Mueller report and all that? And when that came out, yeah, I prophesied two days before it, and I, I used the word. I said the collusion is an illusion, and then that made the news. But I'm telling you guys, all of that is a sidetrack. Uh, it really is. It's just a sidetrack and a diversion. Yep. But people fall into it, and uh, uh, you know they're hung up on the word impeachment. Right, right, yeah, isn't right. It crazy, but uh, everything's going to be okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you, we're going to find out. Uh, you can't fight against God. That's you know? right. You know, that's and, uh, right. Uh, the Bible talks about it's it's God that sets up kings. He said the hearts of the kings are in my hand, like the river, the waters in a river. You know, they can turn them whichever way he wants. Yeah. And uh, so I, I tell people, I thank God that Donald Trump is president. Yeah. I really, yeah. I really yeah, mean Amen. It. Amen. Uh, Ooh, thank the Lord. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm believing he'll win a second election. Uh, my wife had a dream about it before the first election. Donald Trump, in her dream, came to her house and sewed the button on, the, on her blouse right here on the cuff. And she said his big old hands meticulously sewed the button, sewed it and sewed it and sewed it and checked it and sewed it and turned and walked away and then came back and looked at it and checked it again. I told her then, I said, he's buttoned down this election and the next one coming too. Because wow. he came back to check it. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, yeah. So that, yeah. I believe that. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, there's old Lance Wall now prophesied about the chaos candidate before. I know. Uh, yeah, that's amazing. I, I like that. God will tell the prophets, you know, look at Kim Clement. Uh, before he died, he prophesied that Donald Trump would be president. Donald Trump prophesied he'd be president. Have you all seen the video? Way, way back when he was a young man, they were doing one of these night programs. And he says, well, who knows? I may be president one day. Yeah. Hey, just a young man, just a, yeah. a kid looking guy. Yeah. Isn't that something? Yeah. I'll tell you, if you want to see the core of Donald Trump, look at his children. These are the riches of the rich, but they've got character. They're not drug addicts. That's right. They're, they're, they're not participating in a lot of things that are wrecking other people. Yeah. Now, they, that, that's, that speaks a lot to me. Yeah, it does. Uh, isn't it? Well, yeah. anyway. But hey, the church. The church. That, yeah. yeah, the church. Yeah, when well, we say like, church. Like, like, when I say the church, I mean just like the, the, the kind of the, the body of Christ. And yeah. there's, there's just the people, right? And then there's, yeah. then there's kind of the whole organization side yeah. of it and everything. But, the, but, but God's doing a lot. And like, what have you seen as far as like the trajectory? I, I mean, are, okay. you, are you excited about what you're seeing? I have you never of, been more excited. Here's what's happening for the past 10 years. The Lord has lifted up the panel and he's fanning the flame of discontentment within the hearts of the saints. So we won't settle for less than what he wants to give us. And I'm more excited. I get to preach all over the world. And here, here's, here's a corporate cry all over the world. They're hungry for God. They're hungry. And, and I'm telling you, that's what, the, that's what they're crying out. They're Psalms 42, as a little desert deer pants after the water brook, so pants, they're hungry for God. Psalm 63, verse 1, I thirst for thee, O God. And one of the number one pulse you feel in the church right now is hunger. That's right. And that's they're right. sick and tired of business as usual. That's right. That's and, right. And they know something's new in the air, but they don't know how to articulate it. They don't know how to step into it. And uh, that's where you and I come in. Yeah. We've, got to, we've got to realize there, there's always uh, this uncertainty about change. But anytime God changes, we go from one dimension of glory to the next. So he's not going to pull us down. He's going to pick us up. And that's, that's everything about the kingdom in the Bible expands, does not, does not deplete. Right, it, right, right. It, it, it expands. It says it's like a, a mustard seed. Starts out little, gets as big as a, a tree. And so, Expanding versus yeah, imploding, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. And so we're seeing a lot of things happen. But you said something the other night that is so true. Most of what we see now in their calling church growth is not. It's just transfer. Yeah. They're sick of one place and move to another. <laughs> right, right. And, and that's, that's, not what, that's, that's not what we want to do. See, let me tell you something. It, uh, I, I don't like these church hoppers. Mm-hmm. Now, listen to me. If, if you plant a fruit tree and you say, well, I think I'll plant me a fruit tree over here in this side of the garden. And then two days later, you go, you know, I don't think it's there. And you pull it up and you plant it there. And then a couple of weeks later, you go, well, I think it'd look better over there. You keep moving it. You're going to end up with a stick, a dead stick. And that's the way these church hoppers are. That you need to stay in a place long enough to get your roots down in it. To build some relationships. That's right. That's right. But see, these church hoppers, they don't want relationships. And, and that we need churches that can build roots. Yeah. And build communion and communication. And uh, that's, that's what I, I'm, I'm looking for. <laughs> it reminds me, have you seen these people at Costco that, that return their dead plants back to Costco? <laughs> and they get their money back? Have you seen that? They're like, I got this tree and it died and I'm bringing it back. Like, yeah, you got to water it. You got to, you know, that's what, you got to take care of it. Like, did you read about Jeremiah? And they get their money back. Jeremiah and the tree, it says you, you plant it, you dig it, and you dung it. And if it doesn't live, you destroy it. Wow, isn't that something? That's what yeah. Jeremiah said about, yeah. uh, and he was talking about uh, 
Christian life. You know, you've got to plant it, feed it, and expect growth. I don't know why the church seems like the only group I know of that accepts abnormal, not growth is normal. Yeah, you know, yeah. If you have a little baby and he's, what, what's the average, uh, average weight of a little baby? Of a fresh baby? Yeah, a fresh baby. About I don't eight know. Eight pounds? I, yeah. <laughs> most times like, they're about that big, they're about that long. It's like okay. the same we'll, size as the maple bar you just yeah, ate, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll, no. we'll say six pounds, okay? You get a little baby boy and he's six pounds, you bring him back home and you put him in the bassinet and you go back there, uh, we'll say when he's 12 years old and he's still six pounds. Something's wrong with that boy. Yeah, that's right. See, in the church, uh, people walk an aisle, give the heart to Jesus, and six months later, they hadn't grown a bit. That's right. They have not matured. They hadn't gone in with any roots. And the church thinks that's okay. We've got to start demanding some growth. And well, what if it's the pastor's fault? Like, what if it, like, what if, like, I'm not being fed? That, what we got to do is we, we got to feed them. That's our responsibility. That's right. That's right. We got to feed the sheep. Do you remember that story in the Bible where it says wolves in sheep's clothing? Yeah, that's right. I like to never figure it out how to ferret out the wolves from the sheep. Yeah. It says many are pretenders. They're wolves in sheep's clothing. You've heard the verse. Yeah, yeah. I found out how to do it. Wolves can't live on sheep food. So if you want to ferret out the wolves, the pretenders, wow. just feed them sheep food. Pretty wow. soon, wow, they'll growl. You know wow. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That's good. Instead of trying to jerk on and see if they're genuine. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that good? That is. That's very Just good. Just feed them sheep food and pretty soon the wolves will growl. You'll find out who's who. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't you like simplicity? I like it, Bobby. You know what the Lord told me? <laughs> the Lord came to me and said, Bobby, the most, the, the most profound thing you can do is maintain simplicity. Yeah. Isn't that cool? Yeah. This is pretty nice. Yeah. What kind of drink is this? Come chill. It's, don't panic. It's organic. Oh, quantile. Corn. Oh, what core? Oh, 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 that's a, I thought that was a hyphen. Oh, yeah. oh man. I went to London, England, had to have an interpreter. That's, that's the honest to God truth. Went to London, England. I speak Texican. If you ever hear God talks, he talks just like me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll tell you how God talks. You want to know? Listen to this. God talks exactly like you listen. That's yeah. how God talks. Yeah. He talks exactly like you listen. Yeah. So that's pretty neat. Yeah, I mean, if God talked to me the way he talked to you, he'd make me cry. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, oh, you know, but, but you can handle it. Yeah, no, right? it makes me cry too sometimes. Oh, yeah. Lord. Yeah, Bobby, like, you have one of those incredible relationships with, uh, with Jesus. And um, the amount, I think sometimes when you say, you know, Jesus came to me and he said this, or Jesus yeah. came, a lot of us, we just are just like, okay, Bobby thinks yeah. like, metaphorically or yeah, the, or he, yeah. fe- he felt that, the, let's let's get that really straight because i talk about it in the in and then people don't they when i say i have a visitation jesus comes he's more real than you are right there uh, when i say i have a visitation he's there and uh when i say he came he's there it's not in the imagination of my mind and, and that's what we got to realize and uh it's pretty wild and uh I've been in two places at once. It's it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Once I got caught up into heaven, and Jesus is sitting uh, on a throne, and there's a big uh, scroll in front of him, and I'm I'm standing right over there, and he don't even acknowledge me. He's looking at the scroll, just looking at. And I'm watching him uh, from the side, and he's looking at the scroll intensely, just gazing at the scroll. He takes his finger like this. Touches his lip just like that and turns the page just, just very distinctly. Then shot his eyes over there and said, go tell the church they're on a whole new page. 
He's turned the page. Wow. Isn't that something? Yeah, and, yeah, well, yeah. I'm telling you. And I've had some experiences that nearly kill me. Uh, I'll tell you one of yeah, them. Uh, it, listen, uh, and care, my, if my wife was sitting here, she can validate all these sure, things because sure. she's in the middle of the fray. <laughs> I, I get into this. Uh, I get caught up into the third heaven, and I'm, I'm in heaven, and there's God the Father, and he's talking to me. And I tell you, it's the most wonderful thing. It's just pulsating with energy and with life. And oh, I am totally, totally just, at, it's, it's absolutely wonderful. Wow. And the Lord's talking to me. And he says, watch this. And he does something like this and pushes back heaven and shows me the, the second heaven. And I've, out of all these 50 years, I've seen Satan twice. Wow. I've seen Satan twice. He doesn't have horns. He looks like a chiseled Spanish prince. Wow. He's handsome as he wow. can be. Wow. He goes like this, and I see Satan, and Satan calls a principality, and all of evil, all of the demons, all of the fallen angels are excited. They're gleeful because here comes a principality with a box. And it's a box, uh, like a treasure box, but black smoke's whirling around it like this. And I'm watching this from heaven. And I'm watching the things happening in the second heaven. And the devil calls this principality, all hell is just gleeful. And they bring this box. And Satan owns this box like that. And in the box was an implement. Uh, about, I don't know, seven or eight inches long, about the uh, big round is a banana, and it uh, was some kind of an implement, some kind of an evil, evil key. And Satan reaches in and takes the key and hands it to a principality and says, go unlock the hordes. Wow. That's what he says. And I'm watching this up in heaven. And this, uh, all of the evil is excited. And this principality takes off flying out of the second heaven swirling like that and the Lord looked at me and said go stop him so I took off and I'm flying and I'm following this demon and he's moving like this and we get to some place uh, that looked like the badlands yeah and no no grass mountains with no trees and caves and hollers and this thing flew in like that and I I flew in with him and I'm standing, and I've had these kind of experiences before, but they couldn't detect me. Right. I, I, was, I, I was there, but they couldn't find me. Yeah. And I thought this would be that away. So uh, here, and you can, it's darker than dark in there, and you can just feel all the demons. They're hanging off the cliffs like, like bats in a cave, and they're so excited they're about to be released for this end-time confrontation. And so this principality is handing this key off to a gatekeeper to unlock all of these. And the Lord said, I said, stop him. So I go, and so he's handing the thing. So I, I hit him with my hand right here. Wham! And the implement goes up out of his hand, falls like that, and rolls into a crack in, into, the, in the rocks. And, but I wasn't, I wasn't uh, invisible. Oh, these demons whirled, and they, they, would take, they had claws, and they would just rip into me like this. And the only way I could get them off of me, I'd say, Jesus! And they'd have to turn me loose. And then I would pray in tongues, and a little ball of light would appear in this dark cave. And when I prayed in tongues, it would fall there and go like that, and I could step in the light. That's the only way I got out of there. It, it took me weeks to get over it. It almost killed me. It was, it, and the Lord said, I, I felt like a failure. And he said, no, you bought the church some time. Wow. See, I knocked this thing out of the thing's hand, and it fell into a crevice there. Wow. Ooh, wow. But you talk wow. about a wow. tough time and a 
my wife was in the bed with me, and I, when I'm going through this thing, and she, you, you know, she, I, I'm groaning and screaming because they're just they're ripping at me. And the only way I got out of there was talking in tongues, and the smaller light would hit, and she, I, I, I would say, "Step in the light," and that's the only way I got out. Wow, mm-hmm. wow! And I like what you're saying about tongues—that when you would speak in tongues, it would create. This ball of light hit. Yeah, it'd make a drop of look like moisture, living light, and it would fall and hit the floor and make a little spot. They couldn't step in that spot. Yeah. I could. And that was where I'd find my safety. They'd jump on me again. Yeah. Wow. But uh, So I said, Lord, why was it not like the other times? <clears throat> he said, new levels, new devils. And we've got to realize the victories we fought in the past, we're going to have to engineer new ways now. Wow. You, know, you, wow. you can't just be depending on yesterday's battles. Wow. Uh, where wow. in Second Chronicles 20, God does a new thing. Remember, send out the singers, not the soldiers. Yeah. If I'd have been there, I'd go second opinion. You yeah. Know. Right. Wouldn't you? Right. Yeah, Let's absolutely. see, that's that great verse where it says, trust the Lord, you'll be established, believe his prophets, and you'll prosper. Yeah. 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 Okay, you got any questions or anything like that? Yeah, you want to do some questions? Well, whatever you want to do. I'm just here till the plane leaves. I don't know. Is anyone here like uh, uh, itching to ask a Bobby a question? We have Christopher. Yeah. Yeah. Witches. Yeah. What you've got to do is you've got to discern by the Spirit of God whether they want to be free. You can set them free to be free, you know, and, and then, but find out if they really want to be free for the right reason. And one of the ways to do that is get them to confess Jesus Christ. See, they can't do it. They can't confess Jesus Christ if it's a, if it's a charade. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and, uh, yeah. It says no man can call Jesus Lord but by the Holy Ghost, you know. And so, but boy, what I, I watched it happen. I watched them uh, come into good, good churches. And the churches were doing the best they could to, uh, they weren't trying to set people free. I was in Mannheim, Germany uh, in a, uh, a Russian church in Mannheim, Germany. And uh, it was filled with people and there was like an explosion out there over the heads of the people. Have you seen like 4th of July when it makes a whoom and it's a big old uh, whoosh, like that. And out of that thing walked an angel. And I'm up here preaching and he walked across the heads of the people and he gets this close to him. He's got a sword in a sheath and he's fierce looking. He's from here to this bottle and jerks the sword out right in front of my face. And he takes his finger and moves his finger just like that. On the sword was written Isaiah 61 verse 1. He, that verse says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. He's anointed me to set the captives free. And the angel said, I'm here to tell you to announce God is bringing a spirit of deliverance to the church. Mm. I said it. I bet you 400 Russians came forward and got delivered just like that. Wow. Just wow. over the proclamation wow. that God was releasing uh, a spirit of deliverance. So we, God will help us with it. He'll, he'll give us wisdom on uh, whether there is a pretender or a real desperate person wanting to be free. Yeah. Let me tell you one other thing about freedom. I was in a coliseum preaching, and a little bitty girl was in front of me, maybe 14, 15 years old, just, and looked like an all-American little girl. Pigtails, blue eyes, and she was so stocky, so sweet like that. There's a camera over my shoulder and one over hers, and I'm talking to her. I don't, I don't sense that she, something's wrong, uh, and she just seemed like a sweet little uh, uh, girl, a preteen girl. And so there she is, and she had a little chain around her neck, just a little bitty chain like a, a necklace. And the Lord said, ask her about this necklace. So I said, okay. And uh, I took my finger and my thumb, and I reached over here like this, and I said, honey, what's this? And when my 
finger and my thumb touch, touch this necklace, her whole face contorts, turns inside out, and a voice came out of her and said, Leave the bitch alone. She's mine. Oh, just like that. She'd been born and birthed and given to the devil as an as wow. as infant. Wow. Out of my mouth came this word, these words. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and they that dwell therein. So I use that one verse to break every covenant Come her on. family made with the devil. Come on. The earth is the Lord's and, and God set this little girl free. She, she, she shot a, a, a stream of puke this big around as far as a fire, fire hose could shoot. Mm. It was crazy. Uh, but that's what had happened. They, they, they had birthed her and gave her to the devil. She ended up a missionary. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. This is true. Yeah, that's a powerful. Yeah. That's a powerful story. You know what's interesting about like like there's kind of like that like witchcraft that's very kind of like Wiccan and very obvious. You could yeah. say with pentagrams, and but then there's almost kind of a more subversive, sneaky kind of Christian oh, okay. Jezebelic kind of. In, in, in what you know, we were in a season as a church where where it was almost like it was just getting worse and worse, and we're just trying to love people and, and but still maintain order, and mm-hmm. but it was just getting worse, and people that have never even met each other before. Would would form into these gangs almost yeah. in, in, into the church. birds so, of a feather flock together. Yeah, and yeah. finally, like I had to make a pretty tough, almost a, I did have to make a public statement, and it was, but we didn't even realize that we had been tolerating the spirit oh, yeah. of Jezebel. Yeah. Yeah. And once we once we made a public statement, um, it was like the lines started getting. It was like we, we didn't even realize that yeah. we had been tolerating this thing. Yeah. Um, and, and so it, it is interesting as far as this justified division yep. yeah. that where the enemy will, will use people. I don't know if, they're, if they know it or not. Or Most what? of them know it. Witches are doing more to stop the move of God than churches are to promote the move of God. Every, <laughs> wow. every, every, state in America, every state in America has been drawn in lines of nines. They've got a hierarchy to stop revival more than we have to start it. Wow, and Bobby. So, uh, it's pretty, pretty, pretty interesting. But uh, I'm telling you what, greater is he that's in us than that's he that's right. in the world. That's right. And no that's weapon right. formed against us will prosper. Uh, boy, I'll tell you what, uh, uh, one walked up to me in a, meet, in a meeting out, out in the foyer and said, I'm the woman that can put a death curse on the pastors and they're dead that week. I said, if you open your mouth again, you won't be alive to get out of this foyer. Wow. So you can turn back their curses. You can have them eat out of the fruit of their own lip. Isaiah fifty four seventeen says, No weapon formed against you will prosper, and every tongue that rises up against you, you can condemn it. That means send back the curse. Yeah. This is the heritage of the children of God. And so you can start saying, Let the witches eat of the fruit of their own lips, and what they're putting on you wow. will come on them. Wow. Wow. Well, Bob Jones and I, we, we was in a meeting together, and we come out of the green room, sat on the front, and behind us was three strong witches. I'm talking about not little wicker wannabes. Yeah. Real strong witches. And the Lord said, you feel them? I said, yes. He, he, said, I, he said, what are you going to do about it? I said, what do you want me to do about it? Now watch this. This is a church in America. He said, I want you to get up. When you start to preach, set down your Bible, look at them and call them out. Tell the people who they are and tell them, I'll give you the sunrise you had today. Two other sunrises. If you don't repent, God will kill you. We're in a public meeting. I said, okay. I get up. You'd have never picked them out in a hundred years. 
dressed immaculate, looked like bankers or uh, CEOs of companies. And uh, I said, uh, you, you three are witches. They, they acknowledged it. I said, God will give you the sunrise you had today. Two of the sunrises to repent. If you don't repent, he'll kill you. One repented and two were dead that week. Wow. 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 I'm telling you, uh, we've got to realize the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And if you read the shepherd rods out there, we take, say this year is the time we can bind the enemy, the strong man, and plunder his house. Amen. We can bind him and plunder his, his house. That's in the Bible. Binding and loosing. Yeah. I, how are you doing? You holding that? Like, we, we should probably land this thing pretty quick. Oh, but I, I, I just like, I, I love these stories. Yeah. And I love being able to capture them. Yeah. But just, like, but so just, just before we land. Uh, uh, right. yeah. <laughs> no, no. I'll tell you what. Uh, I was thinking of that story that you told last night about binding and loosing. Yeah. And uh, and and going in the SWAT team, that whole thing, the video oh, game. Oh Lord, pretty wild. It's a, it's really really wild. But I preached uh, nine months. Every every time I preached, I preached on the power of binding and loosing. And the Lord said, "You're going to live or die on what you've been preaching." And 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 that sounded like a little rhyme to me. And I said, "Okay." Phone rings. And one of the ladies was screaming, a very precious lady screaming, oh, pastor, something horrible is happening out at Roberts. And I, I said, I'll, I'll go and see. And so I'm driving out there. And at my pastoral vehicle at that time was a big old Bronco, Ford Bronco, with a, a 351 Windsor and two big four-barrel carburetors. And I had it jacked up and had headers running out the side. It was a monster truck, man. <laughs> and I'm driving out there. To, to, pastor Bobby. Yeah, yeah, here he comes. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I'm driving out there and I said, Lord, what is, what's going on? And the whole windscreen goes into a, a, like a, a movie theater. And I see myself turning the blinker on. I see a Ford pickup wrecked. I see a Lincoln wrecked. I see a Ford pickup with bullet holes all in it and AK-47 stuck through the windshield. And then I see a, a man come around the side of the house, pull out a pistol and shoot me. And then I see the police shoot him in the head and take his life. So that, then it comes back to me driving down the road. And so I turned the blinker on. I'm where I'm supposed to turn in. There's a Lincoln wrecked. There's a Ford pickup with a, a AK-47 stuck through the window. And the Lord said, you better, you better bind him or he's going to shoot you. He came around the house. And I said, I rebuke him shooting me. He couldn't get a pistol out of, his pan, out of the back of his pants. And he runs by me like a wild man, kicks a hole in, uh, uh, kicks a door in there. So I'm standing out in the middle of the yard, standing out in the yard thinking, oh, Lord, Thank God he didn't shoot me. You know? And here comes the police. See, they've been shots fired all across there. And so they're screaming, get out on the ground. And uh, I go, no, I'm the preacher. And one of them guys says, yes, he is. I see him on television. So they came over there and they're going, what's going on? I said, I don't know. I just got here. Uh, he ran through this house, kicked the door in. And so, and so he shoots then. The guy shoots and all the police. It was a bad deal. 150 SWAT team police, two helicopters and hours. And I, I could bind whatever they, they would say with my words and it would change the whole course of the thing and uh, this this happened all night long and just as the sun was getting ready to come up the Lord said have you learned what I've taught you I said I hope so and he said uh, declare what you want I said I want Robert to come up out of the, of the swamp with his hands on his head not one shot being fired and just as soon as I said it he came up out of the swamp with his heads and the, still the police wanted to shoot him but uh uh, they, they arrested him, not a shot fired. Wow, but that's incredible. Binding and loosing. Matthew eighteen eighteen is well, where we can bind and loose. That's incredible. You said it was like playing a video game. Yeah, it was. Just it was, there it, it just... was crazy. They had me in a Winnebago with these uh, SWAT team guys. Yeah. 
Man, and they would make a, they would, uh, they'd make a decision on what to do. And the Lord said, what are you going to do about that? And I'd just say it under my breath. I said, I rebuked that. And the guy would get on the microphone, cancel that order. You know, it is the craziest thing. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Oh, wow. man. But uh, God will test you. You believe he'll test you? Uh, there in Tyler, Texas, there's a place where all the end guys go, you know, the bankers, the doctors, the cosmetologists, the does, does. <laughs> plastic surgeon guy yeah. the money ended guys yeah. and it's a, a kind of a real swanky cafeteria yeah yeah so the lord said i want you to go there i said lord uh he, he <laughs> said no i want you to go there i said okay and so i go there to this fancy place and it's right there and all of the business people come then anyway so i'm pushing my tray down the little thing you can get your food as you're going and the lord said to me most of the people in here don't really believe that i'm real Wow. I thought, oh, wow. I thought, I guess that's probably right. You know, so I'm losing my appetite because I'm thinking, I'm getting, you know, so I got me a chicken leg or whatever, and I'm going to my table, and I set down my table, and it's, it's full of rich people, you know. And the Lord said, uh, I want you to get up, tap your glass, and announce, I'm here to tell you about the love of God and preach the gospel. Wow. I said, God, this is not really the place. <laughs> he said, this is the place. I got, I got so weak feeling. I thought, oh, Lord. I got up, and I must have been really excited. <laughs> it, it sounded like you was ringing a bell. Wham, wham, wham. And I said, I'm here to tell you about the love of God. And I just gave a short message about the redemptive, sacrificial death of Jesus Christ. And I tell you, it was stunning. I sat down and these doctors, lawyers, bankers stood in line to get ministry. Wow. Listen, that's what we got to do. Come on. We've got to to be willing to share the gospel, even in those places where we think it's not going to be welcomed. uh, But it's a challenge. uh, Just to be honest, I didn't want to. And but uh, the Lord said, "Nope, that's what that's what you do." Wow, wow, wow! I was wow. in Paris, France, and we were on a big uh, seven forty-seven pulling out of De Gaulle Airport, and we're going like this. I'd been over there in some crusades and having a time, man. We're pulling out like this, and the thing gets a good ways up there and makes a hard right, a big old seven forty-seven double-decker plane, and turns back. I thought, "This ain't right." Yeah, right. The pilot comes on and says, well, I guess you notice we've had a little difficulty. We've, uh, we've lost an engine. And so they come back around and land. And I'm thinking, oh, Lord, what's, what's all of this about? And the plane was filled with uh, world-famous uh, plastic surgeons. Yeah. They'd been there for some big deal. Yeah. And here I am, uh, a redneck preacher. They land the plane and instead of put let's run everywhere like rats, they put us in a uh, like a theater building inside the De Gaulle airport. And there's bleachers like this. And so there we are. And I, I'm thinking, oh, Lord, I don't know what all this is about. He said, oh, it's all about you getting up and preaching the gospel. I said, God, this don't seem like the place to preach the gospel. I don't think I feel like it. And he said, well, you felt like preaching it in the, in the Coliseum. Wow, wow, And wow. so we got to stand up in front of all of those guys and gals and preach the gospel. God will turn around a That's plane incredible. to get you to preach the gospel. Isn't that something? That's incredible. And we just preached the simple gospel. And uh, I still get con- communication from some of those people who was on that plane. That's awesome. Now, that's, that's, that's awesome. good gracious. Yeah, yeah. I 40 love years it. later. I love it. I love it. Come yeah. on, Bobby. Yeah. Yeah. 
You, we've got to it's be like Acts two, that like, you know, right? We've we got to be a little more uh, loose. One time, uh, I buy the cheapest ticket and beg God to bump me up. That's what I do. I buy the cheapest. Well, there's not hardly any cheap one, but I buy the most economic ticket and then beg God to bump me up. And yeah. most time, you'll bump me up. So I bought a, 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 <laughs> a, a cheap ticket, and I said, "Oh Lord, I want you to bump me up." He said, "I am," and I said, "Okay." And so I go up there and I said, I'd like to be bumped up. And she said, sure. And no problem. And so I got bumped up and I'm going back to the seat. And I think, oh, Lord, I'm so glad you bumped me up. He said, now, uh, you know why? I said, no. He said, there's going to be somebody on the plane and they're going to talk to you. And all you're supposed to say to them is, yes, your grandmother was right. So I thought, okay, that doesn't seem like a hard message. Yes, your grandmother was right. So I get on the plane and I'm in first class. And there's the first seat in first class, and there's the next seat uh, on the same uh, aisle in first class. And there's a guy sitting there in this seat, and he's got on beautiful-looking clothes made out of leather, but he's got long hair, and he's just uh, really washed out, really got a wrinkle, just really in bad shape. And so uh, I thought, goodness gracious, a rough-looking, but had great-looking clothes on. Anyway... I'm sitting there and I'm buckled in. Remember, my only thing is I'm, I'm supposed to tell them, yes, your grandmother's right. So the plane starts taking off like this. And this guy wheels around at me and says, you're the guy that's supposed to talk to me? Oh, wow. I said, yes, I am. He said, well, you better tell my ass everything you're supposed to. That's what <laughs> he says. Yeah. Got me by the yeah. shirt. Yeah. What had happened, this guy was a singer, one of these uh, uh, rock stars. Yeah. And the plane had crashed and killed everybody on it. This is the first time he's ever been on a plane since then. Oh, wow. And so he was said, uh, and what had happened, he said he was out in um, uh, Arizona. Yeah. He said a voice spoke to him and said, get on the plane. I'm going to talk to you about eternity. He said, I'll have a man to talk to you about her. And so he's grabbed me up and he said, you better tell my, my yeah. boy. And I said, well, all I'm supposed to tell you is, yes, your grandmother's right. And uh, he wow. just he trembled and shook. Wow. And he said, all my life, I've, I've sang my songs against God. All my life. And he's a famous guy. Yeah. And he said, I said, well, tell me what your grandmother said. He said, when I was a little boy, my grandmother had a house right next to ours. and said, every morning I'd, before the school bus would run, we'd sit on the front porch swing and swing. And my grandmother would tell me about Jesus. I said, well, I'm here to tell you, your grandmother is right. And we lead him to Jesus Christ. Wow. You can hear that's his music. Incredible. You can hear his music all over the place. That's incredible. Crazy. Isn't that something? That is. Yeah. But see, uh, that was the kind of a hungry person. Grabbed me up, said, you better. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? That is. That is. And, and, and speaking of famous people, you, you met the queen. I met. Yeah. I heard that story one time. I thought, what, Bobby? Yeah. Oh, Bobby Lord. met the queen of England? Yeah. Uh, but, but I had a prophetic experience. I, I saw the Queen of England in a trance get on the back of a horse. And uh, on supposed to be like a side saddle. And the horse took off before she was ready. And it's running down a green slope. And it takes a hard turn left. And she falls off. But, and so I thought, oh, my. So I ran up there in the trance. I ran up there. And I thought, she, that could have hurt her real bad. But she had fallen in some water that was in the bar ditch. And I said, Lord, what is this about? He said, the politics in uh, Britain are going to take a hard left. But the, monarch, the queen, had, there's a, been enough word taught she won't hit the ground hard, you know. So that's, uh, yeah. that's how we got to share about that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what, God will put you. It's, it's crazy times, man. So it doesn't matter. He told me when I got saved, he said, I'm going to send you to kings and stuff like that. And, yeah. It's yeah. just. I got uh, the, my first missionary journey I re- ever went on. This was uh, 
good gracious, uh, uh, years ago, uh, 30, 40 years ago, the first missionary trip I ever went on, I went to Korea. And uh, the Lord had told me, said, I'm going to set you before kings and priests and, 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 and uh, potentates. So I go to, I get a conference with the president of Korea, uh, Kim Park. So they bring cameras in there that are big as iceboxes. Yeah, right, right. Going to film this thing. And it's a real big deal. And all I did, I gave you the simple story out of John 3.16. And I talked to him, flash bubs, that's when they had flash bubs and yeah. all this. And I gave him the gospel. And he looked at me like this and he said, yes, Reverend Connor, you have convinced me to receive your Jesus as one of my gods. Wow. And I said, no, sir, I, you, you can't do that. It's Jesus plus nothing minus nothing. And I watched him. I watched, I watched him play it over in his mind. And then a cloud came across to him. He said, nope. I will not, I cannot turn my back on the gods of my ancestors. Wow. This was the Korean president wow. at that time. So uh, they dismissed the meeting. And uh, you can watch it on Google. You can go pull it up if you want to. Uh, about three weeks after I came back home, he's getting off of an airplane, and a man runs up, puts a pistol at the side of his head, and shoots his head off. Wow. And he topples dead on the tar tarmac. Wow. He got this close to heaven. Wow, Bobby. Boy, I was over there uh, a, a few years ago, and they carried me through a wax museum, and I turned the corner, and there you have a wax uh, of President Park. And I'm this close, and I relive the whole thing. It was crazy. Wow, Bobby. But wow. what we've got to do is when we're around people, is give them the sure gospel. Yeah. Uh, one, one of my, we've got time to yeah, talk. Yeah, we got, yeah. Chris has got to get, get up early, but I'm sleep in. Yeah, he looks wide awake to me. Yeah, no, he's, he's got, he got, he got to get up early. Yeah. Got, here's one. <laughs> yeah. I bought one of my cheap tickets, and I'm back there in 37F up against the urinal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and God bumped me up, bumped me up. And he said, now, here's what I want you to do. He said, don't do it till I tell you. He said, but when I tell you, you do this. You look at the person in front of you and say, hey, do you read the Bible? If they say, yes, I do, tell them, you're going to be like Daniel, Daniel of old. God's going to give you leadership with presidential people and help them navigate through dangerous days. Wow. Hey, do you read the Bible? Yes, I do. You're going to be like Daniel, Daniel of old. God's going to give you uh, authority with political leaders. And so I had it memorized. So they, they bumped me up, and uh, there I am. I'm, I'm right here in first class again. There's, so I get on, and I rehearse my thing. Hey, do you read the Bible? So I look, and said, no, God said, not this one. And I look there, and uh, there's a, 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 a black lady there. She's dressed in a beautiful headgear and some wonderful-looking little uh, dress. And he said, no, not there. No, no. No, no. And I thought, I'm flying for free, you know what I mean? So we get up there and we fly wherever we're going, plan lands, lands, and I get up and I'm trying to get my luggage out of the overhead, and uh, somebody bumps into me kind of hard, and I turned around, and here's a guy, he's close as my hand, a, t a tall looking black man. I said, Hey! God said, Yep, that's him. I go, Hey, you read the Bible? Uh, he said, Yes, I do. I said, You're going to be like Daniel, Daniel old. God's going to give you power and authority with political leaders and help them navigate dangerous days. And he said, Oh, sir, I must apologize. He said, The reason I was so aggressive pulling the luggage out, that's my president. The woman there sitting there was the first president of Liberia, Africa. She won the Nobel Prize winner for stopping a 14 year civil war, and this was her associate. Wow. And so wow. he got to wow. do just exactly what I was prophesying. You can read about her. Uh, uh, she won the the Nobel Prize. Isn't that something? That is. That you know, is. When we landed, it looked like a 24 movie, you know, as far they had all the CIA agents because she was a uh, wow. some famous person. But isn't that cool? That is. That yeah, is. Just, that is. Plus, you get bumped up. 
You, you get something other than pretzels, you know. Yeah, that is. Yeah. That's awesome. And that's yeah. quite a that's quite a uh, a lot to memorize even yeah. beforehand. I was yeah, yeah. You know, I was thinking like, hey, you're gonna be like Daniel. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> you're gonna do something with the bread, like yeah. Daniel in the Bible. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> oh Lord. Uh. <laughs> We've well, had some times, man. Good gracious, but God wants us to have an adventure. Amen. Now I'll tell you what's boring is dead church. Christianity is vibrant. It's alive. And I like, I like, I used to do live television, four million people watching live. Wow. With call-in. Wow. Oh, man. You talk about, that was some of the most stimulating times. That we do live television, here's a phone. And it was the craziest thing. And I'm, they had a studio about the size of this full, full of people, but the main audience was those four million people out there. Wow, so wow. So the camera's five, four, three, two, one. And I see a guy with a, 30, uh, with a 357 up against his temple. I say, no, you don't have to shoot yourself. And what had happened, there's a guy fixing to shoot himself, sitting there. And so he's picked up the TV control, and he's going to turn the thing up so it'll muffle the shot. And wow. he drops the TV control, it hits the floor, and changes to channel 22. And I go, no! And he calls in, and we lead him to Jesus wow. Christ. Comes to, this, comes to the station. That's yeah. incredible. There's a Mexican gang member. He brought his whole gang. Craziest thing. So he gets saved. He brought the whole gang to, whole the, gang. to the studio. They had them cars that could jump up and down, <laughs> wave at your head. Da, da, da. It was wild. What happened? I, I, the cameras opened up and I saw him sitting with his tattoo and his gang marks and his colors and all that and I, and I t- the Lord said say what you see wow. I said I see you sitting there da 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 and uh, here's what he so he got up there and he said he said I was my grandmother's house she's back there fixing some breakfast and said I turned the TV on here's this fat guy <laughs> pointing his finger he said it scared the hell out of me that's what it said <laughs> but uh, uh, it was pretty wild one of his guys had been arrested so much they made the steering wheel out of handcuffs and they'd had them chromed and yeah, 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 yeah. chromed handcuffs but it's adventurous, isn't it? Don't go to church and not have fun. That's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. The Lord said, I want you to go to the Philippines for a crusade. I thought he meant crusade like soccer stadium. He meant crusade like Indiana Jones. They flew me out in a helicopter, landed the helicopter. I'm going to be there 14 days and 14 nights. Helicopter flies off. I'm looking around. I see something over there. It's three missionaries that he's hacked and dismembered. I look over there and there's a guy that slit his throat. He's blown up like a dead cow in the bar ditch. And the helicopter's gone. Won't be back for 14 days. And I go, God, you tricked me. He said, yep, you wouldn't have come any other way. I stayed there 14 days in the middle of a civil war. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, either God's who he says he is or it's all a big joke. I stayed in a That's hut. That's just a movie in and of itself. Yeah, I stayed in a hut with a guy that had a piece days. of ear and a piece of finger in a sack of oil around his neck. He was crazy as a bed bug, an insane killer. And he's living down there with pigs. And the Lord said to me, don't worry about him. I crawl up in there and go to sleep and sleep like a baby. Only light in there was a coffee can with some oil in it and a rag. And so I said to myself, well, I'll have to stay awake. Or this guy will have my ear and a finger. You know, you'll have a necklace this big. Anyway, and the Lord came to me and said, you're going to stay awake 14 days and 14 nights? And almost laughed at me. I said, no, I don't guess I will. And went, and blew the light out. And demons were so much whirling, it sounded like an attic fan. And I slept like a baby. Wow. See, he's either wow. who he says he is or this whole thing's a joke. That's right. That's right. That's See, right. Psalms 27 verse 1 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even my enemies, come up to eat up my flesh, they stumble and fall. See, if you know who he is, you'll know who you are. And none of the circumstances can and thwart that away. That's so good. So I That's slept so like good. a baby. That's so good. I wouldn't want to go back. But yeah. 
It's crazy. Man, they threw down a, they jumped out and brought, I went into a cave. So this is all true. Don't lie in church. I went in, the guy stopped us, rammed the AK-47 in my back going, and I sort of like that. I said, I said, the interpreter, I said, what does he want? He said, he wants us to follow him. I go, we're following him. And we went in a hole in the wall in a cave, and there was a, they had ground air missiles like you shoot down planes. It's crazy. And there's a full of old men squatted like this, and this guy's talking. It's very, very, very mad. And I said, what is it he wants? He said, he wants you to give the message in here that you're giving out there that causes people's face to light up. Wow. I go, whoo, I can do that. Wow. So that's how I got out of the deal there. Wow. Oh, better drink this. So you just run? Yeah. Indiana Bobby. Oh, it was crazy. It was crazy. Yeah. Oh, man. That's the absolute truth. God raised the dead. I got, they, I, I've got slides. We might could give that, to, uh, let you put that on media somehow. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. It's them slides they used to take with them, you know, where it had a carousel. You got, ton, you got a lot of them? Yeah. The whole, we got this guy that uh, God raised his baby, a dead baby, and I come back down a volcano trail, and he, he's, he's beating his chest, himself in the chest, jumping up and down like a monkey, and because uh, uh, I'd pray for his baby, and it was still dead, and the Lord raised him up, and I'm coming back down the volcano trail, and he comes back, and there's a little baby, and so he downs up the volcano trail, and I baptize him. Uh, because God raised his ba- baby from the dead. That's incredible. That, that's over there. It was. Have you ever done the math to actually figure out like how many how many people you've seen raised from the dead? Oh, not really. Uh, we, you know, uh, I, the, I'll tell you one one group I didn't see raised from the dead that God would have raised from the dead. But He said if you do it, it'll be the worst thing that ever happened really? to Bulgaria. Really? Yeah, yeah. I went to Bulgaria right after the <laughs> communist walls fell down, and I went into a trance before I went, and I saw five sheets laid on the side of the road with blood, you know, and they were covered up. And uh, he said, but if, he said, if you raise them from the dead, the people will be so immature they can't separate you from me. Wow. And uh, he said, it'll be the worst thing ever happened for Bulgaria. And I thought to myself, oh, yeah. But we're going through some windy roads, and a bus had rolled down the thing, and I saw exactly in the reel what I saw in the in the trance, I looked and there's five sheets laid on the side of the road. And the Lord said, uh, it, it, you can raise them, but the people are so immature, they won't be able to separate you from me. You know, wow. and uh, we had to drive on. Wow. But boy, we saw miracles happen like you wow. couldn't imagine. The Lord said, I'm going to show you the full fruit of humanism. And we go to an insane asylum. Oh, goodness, I've never seen anything like it in my life. They parked the van. We had 18 of our people with us, and you could hear them screaming like animals. And we go there, and they got them in cages, and they're, they're, most of them are naked, and they jump up. They'd eat their own droppings. It's crazy. We walked up there, and they'd, be, they'd start masturbating. This is, this is human beings that have been treated like animals. Wow. And the Lord said, I want you to have a service here. I, I said, Lord, we can't have a service here. They're insane. I mean, absolutely insane. They're in he, cages. Yeah. He said, this is a full flower of humanism. This is humanism wow. in its full bloom. Wow. And he said, I want you to have a service here. And oh, man. George Ann Banoff was with us. Yeah. And George Ann had a violin. And the Lord said, get George Ann to play the violin. And he started playing it. And God gave him their mind. They got as quiet as any church you've ever been in. Wow. And we, we, we preached the gospel to people that were, one, one girl was, she'd tear her flesh off like this, a young girl. And, and, most, and instead of a cutter, she'd rip her flesh off and spit out pieces of her arm. 
And I, I said, why do you do that? She said, that's the only way I can tell I'm still alive. Wow. Bobby. And one lady was absolutely insane, just the most horrible little old lady. And one of our men, one of our men, uh, he knelt down by her, and she was just as insane as any kind of animal. And this man just started rubbing her on the head. I mean, just couldn't communicate to her and just rubbed her on the head. And you watched her just transform from just a, a, a insane to, to a living person and just over love. Wow. He couldn't communicate, but he just stroked her on the head. She was old. And it, 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 it was, it's one of the most transforming things you can imagine. Wow. That was Bulgaria when the walls first fell down. Wow. 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 Anyway. Bobby, with your stories, like not, nothing's formulaic. I mean, yeah. but like everything always comes back to obedience. Yeah. Like I just see such a value in your heart that just to obey the Lord. And That's the key, I think. I think one of the keys that, that has helped me maintain what's happening is I will do what he asked me to do. Yeah. Hey, honestly, I made wow. a covenant with him. I said, God, if you'll tell me, I'll do the very best I can to do what you said wow. to do. Wow. Wow. Because, you know. He deserves that, doesn't he? He does. That's he what does. Jesus did. Not my will, but thy will. That's right. That's right. That's right. Well, mm. and Bobby, like uh, in generations from now, and, and when people look back at your life and your legacy and your ministry, what do you want for people to say about um, about Bobby Connor? I want I want them to to say, "There goes a man that loved Jesus." You know. Yeah. Uh, that's what I to, I told our family. I said, "I want to live my life in such a way that." When I'm gone and my name is mentioned, my, my family don't have to hang their head in shame. Wow. I want to live in such a way when I stand before God, I'll hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. And uh, I'm telling you, that, that's the goal is for that. Wow. Wow. And, uh, what an opportunity to serve the Lord. That's right. We don't deserve a single thing. I, well, we deserve hell, to be honest. Yeah, that's right. And look what he does for us. Yeah. yeah. He can, he, and he, he wants people to realize he's real. He's not some character in a leatherback book. Uh, just to be honest with you, he's more real than your next breath. Mm. I'll, tell you how, I'll tell you how close he is to you. He's as close as your skin. It meant it when it says Christ in you, the assurance of glory. He's not eons out there, so he's here. Isn't that something, Christ in you, the assurance of glory? Yeah, yeah, just spending the last couple of days with you. And then today we, we took our picture. I posted it on my, on my Instagram and um, and what I the caption that I wrote is is I, uh, I've, I've never seen someone that just that not only preaches the fear of the Lord but they actually live it, mm. and that's one of the things that uh, we've we've hung out before. But just I've seen you uh, modeling something not just on the stage but off the stage. Like yeah. you're modeling living yeah. in the fear of the Lord, and I know that that that's that's coming from just your love for Jesus, yeah. and I. I, I want to be that. I do. I want to be constant. I don't want to have a, a stage appearance, and then when you get off, you take the mask off. Yeah. We got to be real. That's right. And that, that's 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 what I want to be real. Uh, I told my wife a long time ago. I said, uh, you know, I saw the games they play and and all the things you can do sure. to manipulate. And I told my wife, I said, I'm going to be true to the Lord. Because I have to look at myself in the mirror every morning. Yeah. And I don't want to look at myself and say, you're a game player. That's right. You know? That's right. Uh, did, you know, and boy, so if he'll give you grace to obey him, that's all we got to do. Just obey him. We used to sing about it. Trust and obey for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus. But what? Trust and obey. Mm-hmm. The most miserable people on the planet are those that are, they're second guessing God. They're double minded. 
And boy, we just got to put our whole trust in him. He'll honor it, won't he? Yeah, he sure will. He, I'll tell you, uh, I am awed about Jesus. The more I know about him, the more I realize I barely know him. I mean that. I mean it. The more I know about him, the more I realize, oh, I scarcely know him. But uh, he wants us to dig deeper. He wants us to go higher. I've never met a human being in their right mind that said, I've got all of God I want. Wow. The wow. more we get, the more we realize how little we have. And, uh, wow. Yeah. Well, your love for Jesus yeah. is inspiring uh, generations yeah. to fall in love with Jesus to the, yeah. to the degree that, that you've been modeling. And thank you so much for your, for your integrity, God, for your grace. I'm thankful. Good. For your perseverance. <laughs> Just keep God, running and God trucking. is faithful. He goes, well, here's, here's my deal. Uh, I, I get before people, and people go, "If God will use Bobby, I got a shot." You know? <laughs> so that's what I think. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, I, I'm st- I, just to be quite honest with you, I'm, I'm awed every day that he would he loves us like he does. He loves people, and he wants to lead us. He he wants to be with us. He doesn't want to chide us. Anything he does is to help us, not hurt us. Amen. To make us better, not bitter. Amen. And so. We've got to have confidence in that. Amen. He really loves us. And uh, I want to love him. I want to, that's what that shepherd drives about is I want to give him the love due his name. The biggest word I see over the body of Christ right now is uh, recalibration. We've got to get back to the original point of accuracy, the Bible. And uh, Revelations 2.4, it talks about that. We've left, abandoned our first love. And it says, remember from the heights you've fallen and repent. And come back to first love. I want the church to embrace first love again. Amen. Amen. I love a verse out of the Song of Solomon. It says, I will allure her out to the wilderness. And there I'll win her back with words of love. Wow. Yeah. Uh, her being us. Well, I've enjoyed it. Had a good time. We love you, I Bobby. love this place. I, yeah. I really mean that. And I, I love the energy and the, the, the zeal that you have in the family. I love the, hearing the stories from these little children, seeing angels. I believe every word of it. Yeah. Uh, and if you want to see them, become like these children. Do you want to see angels? I'll pray a prayer over you if you do. Second Kings 16 and 17. Second Kings 16 and 17, the prophet prayed for a young man that couldn't see him and said, Oh Lord, open his eyes that he may see. And immediately his eyes were opened and he saw the heavens full of angels. I pray that prayer over these people right here in this room and those that will be watching by media. Lord, open our eyes that we might behold into the spirit realm. Thank you, Father, that you will illuminate the eyes of our heart and we'll be able to see into the realm of the Spirit. So open their eyes that they may see. We want to see the host of heaven. We want to see you at work. And I pray Psalms uh, 90, verse 16 and 17. Oh, Lord, let your works appear. We want to see what you do so we'll know what we can do. So bless your people. Thank you for an opportunity just to share stories about the redemptive love of God. You said if we talk about you a lot, you'll write our name in a book. So Lord, we want to be busy talking about you, telling your stories. And we want your whole stories to permeate this whole earth. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Bobby. God bless you. Let's give a big thank you to Bobby. Isn't that awesome? Look here. Oh, that's good. Thank you. Thank you. 
podcasts are definitely trending right now. There are so many brand new podcasts that are hitting the market, and I think that iTunes is kind of overwhelmed. And one of the ways that iTunes aggregates what's hip and relevant from the rest of the noise that's hitting the web is through ratings and reviews. A bunch of you have already taken the time to leave a rating and a review of this podcast. And I just wanted to say thanks. You guys are incredible, and you're so supportive, and I love you. And if you haven't had a chance to take that minute or two to leave a review, if you do that, that'd be incredible. And I've created a shortcut to get you there. It's thedarrenshow.com. That's thedarrenshow.com. You can give it one star, and that means that you think it's kind of lame. Or you can give it five stars, and that means that you think this thing be dope, be tight, be off the chain. So if you would take the minute or two to leave a review, that would be mighty fine of you. Again, it's thedarrenshow.com. Thanks, guys.